So who are you? <laughs> I'm Steve. And you? I am Ron Ronald. And who am I? John. Oh, that's John? That sounds so nice. <laughs> John? Ron? Hello. And this, this is Movie Schmovie. Yes, it is. Movie. And this is episode 179. Nine. Correct. Right. Yeah. You don't need to know this out there, but we're recording these episodes. This is the most out of order I think we've ever been in terms of what we're recording, what we yeah. already have in the can, what's coming. But what you need to know is that, in case you guys weren't aware, it's 2017 now. Welcome to 2017. So... We made it. <laughs> Two sixteen is over. That's only really worth mentioning in conversation because to us it's not uh, it's not 2017 yet. In fact, we're looking back at 2016, specifically the television shows that we watched and and I think loved or at least greatly enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. To you the guys... point where I don't. Honor, I, I'm very uncomfortable with even honorable mentions. That's how uncomfortable I am about this. Like I don't. I want to keep it tight. Mm-hmm. Five. And maybe mention too, because yeah. if I keep going down this rabbit hole, there, there, this is. Uh, what's that guy? That crazy guy that does those uh, street interviews, like the jokes. Billy Eichner. Did you see him walk around with Aziz talking about the golden age of? Yeah, it, it is, yeah. man. And if anybody denies that, that the past like ten years or so have been like this amazing shift in the way that television has been presented to us, more than five. Yeah. Um. It, I, I would say was... specifically the last two or three years. Yeah, it's been shaken more. up and even opened more. up in a way yes. that it wasn't before. I think we have outlets like Netflix. We've got cable channels yeah. that are looking for that next big prestige hit. Uh, the diversity behind the camera has increased a lot in the last yeah. couple of years. I mean, it's still nowhere near what, what it should be, but I think you can it's, see some shows that exist up. now that really do feel like they are piping in a voice that we haven't heard. We haven't heard on blast before, you know what I mean? Right, right. And so I think that's interesting. It really, and it's almost therefore impossible to feel like you are caught up with everything that's good and you've it's watched impossible. everything that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's and there's impossible. several shows this year that I just abandoned, like that I didn't finish watching, so I couldn't put them on my list. Yeah, I didn't watch the OA yet, the show on uh, Netflix. And I oh, really I haven't watched watch that, that yet either. I was very excited about it. I want. I, I didn't know when it was coming out. We're talking about the show that was just announced well, to us. It was a few days ago, but to yeah. people listening, it will be maybe uh, three or four weeks ago. Well, the thing is, heard I heard show. I heard that the original iteration of it was like a movie. That's the that's what I heard. I mm-hmm. heard that uh, what is her name? I keep I always forget her name. Um, uh, Britt Marling mm-hmm. was going to do a movie for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was a TV show that just kind of came out, mm-hmm. and this is what people are kind of. Uh, happy about the fact the fact that I don't know what happened in the past two or three years, but people are like, man, we can flesh out a story, right, in ten episodes we or can- eight episodes, or- which <laughs> seems to be the Netflix model. Yeah, like I think yeah. OA is eight, and so yeah. was Stranger Things, and a yeah. few other shows that have been on there have been yeah. eight. So I think that is a good model, and and mm-hmm. it, actually I like that better than I like the thirteen episode Netflix model. Okay. Uh, I love uh, Bloodline, but I feel like it started to feel a little stretched out at right. 13 episodes, and I think there has there has yet to be a Marvel show that doesn't feel stretched out mm. to me at 13 episodes. Okay. I don't feel like any yeah. of the Marvel shows yet have had 13 episodes worth of story uh, for their season. Yeah, I think the the key is tackling a thing, right? Yeah. Like a concept in a comic that they can kind of replicate in long form. Because mm-hmm. I think you're right, them fleshing out. Honestly, it gets resolved around seven or eight episodes. Then it's just fucking around in between. It's just like... (laughs) Well, you know what? You say that. You know what I want to add to that is that all of the Marvel shows thus far, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Mm -hmm. they've all been shows that would be great if they did an episode, a self-contained episode model. 
Like Jessica oh, Jones yeah. is a detective agency. Uh, Daredevil is a lawyer. Um, uh, Luke Cage is like a neighborhood kind of yeah. guy who's trying to walk the straight and narrow, but he's like the tough guy in the neighborhood and people want to come to him for help. Yeah. Every one of those premises could give you a great hour-long story, hour-long story. I mean, I, in that classic TV mold that I think we've yeah. seemingly lost. It was weird to say, well, we're going to do these Marvel shows and these are concepts that seem perfect for uh, non-serialized story. I don't mean not have continuity. Whoa. I just mean do it like... Here's a caper, here's a caper, here's a caper. Have a story that builds over that, maybe five or six episodes. So then around episode seven or eight, that's when you're hitting your, now we know who the villain is, now we know what's going on. Then I think they could do four or five episodes of serialized storytelling. But as it is, starting the serialized storytelling at episode one and kind of short-circuiting the appeal of these concepts to be a TV show, it really is like they're trying to make a 13-hour movie. And I just don't think they quite have the... The, the skill to get it down right, no, whereas I'll, at eight or ten episodes, I think Luke Cage would have been a, a much better show to me at ten episodes. I'm going to say something, yeah. and I've been, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and it's it's something that's been just on the surface. Netflix ain't HBO yet. No, they're not there yet. They're not. They're not even close. They're coming. Some they have individual shows that are incredible, and they're so bold that you that it's great. And I think that. This this next year is going to be an indication of that. The the thousand hours of original content mm-hmm. is going to be the test of what what they're going to be putting out. I do like the the model where they're kind of a, adopting these shows, these British shows that didn't take off, mm-hmm. taking them on and then making Netflix extended mm-hmm. seasons. Mm-hmm. I think that's incredible. You mean like Black Mirror? For Black instance? Mirror, um, uh, Scrotal Recall, which is yeah, so good. Yeah, Scrotal Recall, aka Lovesick. Um, so yeah, I think there's 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 a there's a key to it. I think that some of it doesn't necessarily mean that they have completely original things, but maybe have new seasons of things extending. I think there, like, I think there actually might be a network that sure. is as close to being HBO as Netflix is. Ooh. Um, blah 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 blah. That was my little hype man with my <laughs> network. And. I think I know who you're going <laughs> to say. What network is it? Is it AMC? No. No. Oh. Network. Yeah, like a cable network. Oh, hold on. Because I'm looking at, like, I was when we were when I was going through this, this episode, I was thinking about the show. Showtime? No. Who? What? Now you're confusing. FX. Oh, man. Okay, I got you. All right. I'll give you that. FX? FX is a... I agree with FX, and I'm wondering if maybe there's a particular FX show that we might all have in our maybe, in, in our top maybe. five. Well, there's a reason. There's a reason why it might. I well, I mean, I, I I legitimately have three shows that are that were in contention to be in my top five, and some two, and some that didn't make it would still be like honorable mentions if I had any. I'll give you FX, but I mean, like I thinking never about it more it. recently, like in terms of Emmy nominations and just like. The thing with FX is kind of weird. Is they don't have like um, they don't have the viewership that you know no. a Netflix or HBO does. But in terms of the product that they're putting out and like the bold. critical response and things like that, and the kind of boldness. Yeah, I, I was talking about Netflix being bold. Yep. I think FX is making bold choices too. I think that I, I agree. I think there's some of I that. Agree. Fox has always taken chances. Um, they've always had like like I'll give you a pitch. Um, oh, yeah. Having a woman lead and going to the MLB and her struggles, and then like I think about the '90s when they had like *In Living Color* and uh, it was a weird show. Uh, Chris, wasn't it Chris Elliott show a Fox show? 
Oh, I know it's like yeah. a we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but beginning. what I mean is like them taking get a life like back in the day. Yeah, taking chances on like Parker. Well, when was... they started, they were taking chances because they didn't. They had. They needed programming. Yeah, yeah. And so like Married with Children, which was kind of a lowest common denominator sitcom type show, which but it still well. was like bold for its time. Yeah. You know, The Simpsons, which well, The Simpsons came out of the Tracy Ullman show, yeah. Yeah. and then you had Herman's Head. You had a lot of weird lot shows. Of really weird. But yeah, it shows, was. Yeah. And Get a Life was one of those early yeah. Fox shows. It was weird. They were making weird choices because I think they knew they weren't going to make a dent. Because at that point we had three networks and we, yeah. that was all we needed. We, the, the three networks had it on lock, so it was like Fox needed to splash and maybe a, appeal to this different audience. And I do think you feel that now, that spirit, um, in like you know, it's always sunny, even though that's been bumped yeah. over to FXX. But that's a show that's now in its. That's now like an elder statesman of like of seventeen how did that even, or how did even season. It's like ridiculous. it's on eleven or twelve, maybe. Oh, really? But, but oh, still, still, that's even crazy. Like, the, the fact that there's over eight seasons of that show, right? Insane, and they get to do basically what they want want. at this point. And everyone on there feels like somebody that could be having their career, you know, could be taken off. Mm. Maybe they they won't all take off, but I think everyone on there is a is like it's great that they're loyal to that show. That they're all like this this is the thing that brought us here. You know, yeah, you're right. In the twelfth season, Mm -hmm. but they were also renewed for the thirteenth and fourteenth season this year. It's insane. It's just like do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, keep doing it. It's like it'll be like South Park. Or The Simpsons, anything like totally. that that's a renewable resource in terms of what you can satirize. Yeah. I bet everyone on there knows that maybe this will be the best thing that they'll be remembered for. I hope Danny DeVito realizes how lucky he is to have this great vehicle. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I love him. I've always loved him. But watching him on that show has reminded me every year, I go, I cannot believe how fucking great Danny DeVito is. Yeah. Seriously. He's like so funny yeah. and so good. And he throws himself in. And he's like a legitimately great actor, I think. I always remember him in this and Death to Smooch. And he's nuts as hell. That's the other he's, thing I wanted nuts. to say. <laughs> yeah, he is, man. And he, he, I love the fact that he can make fun of himself. I think yeah. there's something... There's no ego, it seems, when it comes to his performances. I love It's Always Sunny, man. Yeah. It's like a soft spot show. I yeah. always I always quote it and like reference. We were just watching Fear last night, the Marky Mark movie uh-huh. with Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> and there's a part in the movie like where he's like pounding on his chest to like make it look like her dad abused him. And mm. Lauren was watching with us. And she brought up that it was in an episode of It's Always Sunny when Dennis's like girlfriend was like doing it to herself. And, and we, we pulled the clip up and they're just like, wait, what is she... What is she doing? Is she marking marking us? Is she is she marking marking from fearing us? And we were dying. I mean, it's so it's so sharp. So if you haven't been able to tell, if you're listening, this is our this is our latest installment of TV Shmeevy. I don't know if this is TV Shmeevy Seven. Is this TV Shmeevy Seven or TV Shmeevy Eight? I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. I I haven't numbered them. I just go for the TV Shmeevy colon what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. But I've mm-hmm. lost track of how many there have been. Well, I'm gonna find that out just because I need. You can do that. I need to know. You have a computer but while right we're, there. While we're getting ready to do this, we're just talking in this episode about our our top five TV shows yeah. of the year. What kind of a TV watcher are you guys? Do you guys watch television? Do you watch it on your computer? Do you watch it uh, from on demand? Like, what's your way of watching television? I mean, I, I definitely mainly watch them on my TV, but not on TV. Yeah, yeah. If you know what I'm saying, like I watch it. I like to watch it on a television set. Uh, maybe sometimes on my computer, uh, but you know I'll, I'll use like the Netflix platform or like the stations, like how they have the on-demand versions of the shows. Like I don't ever really watch it when it's airing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll go on the FXX or you know the Now or the HBO Goes or whatever there might be. Yeah. <clears throat> to just be able to watch it mainly because I can't stand commercials. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean I always try to watch it on a on a TV, but definitely not like. 
I'm not watching them like on the, on the tube as it's airing, you know. Yeah, there's not a single show that I watch when yeah. it comes on. Even if I watch a show the night that it comes on, I'm yeah. watching it after exactly. after it records. Like it even was... like even like HBO stuff like with Game of Thrones and like how much I wanted to watch it. I would always like start it like right after it. You know, yeah. on the HBO Go now, like you can start it like immediately once it hits the air. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I mean, I know they don't have commercials, but it's just more of like I'm going to pause it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do, you know, if I had yeah. to, I could. I just like that control of it there was one show on my list that i watched the second half live every time oh really that's how much i fuck with it okay i got the app i got the fx app okay <laughs> on, on my apple tv and i specifically have a live feature oh that's right live. yeah they're, they're you know it's they're stepping it up man i listened yeah. to this podcast that got me thinking about the fx piece it was like an industry podcast about like television networks, and it, it was somebody was making a similar case about how FX is on that cusp mm. of like really being competitive with HBO, just like Netflix is, but in a different way. Yeah. And 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 that gentleman, I forget who the reporter was. He was very adamant that he felt that the biggest thing that FX is not doing right is their app. He he was really criticizing that it's come a long way, yes. but that their app is like nowhere near. I guess like I don't know. I, I actually don't use it a lot. But like I guess in terms of either how user friendly it is or mm, okay. how quickly the content gets to the app. Yeah. Like HBO, like I was just saying, they were comparing like it literally is there when it airs. In some cases, you can watch it on there before it airs. Yes. Um, for like news shows and things like that. But apparently, there's some lag. There is in the FX app. You can watch it live, but you can't watch it right after it airs. Right. Which exactly. Is so painful. It's and it's interesting. Like that that you said that you watched the show that I think you're talking about on the app. <laughs> Because he was criticizing the app as being one thing, like in today's con- consumer TV market, like how we consume these shows now yeah. through these digital streaming or whatever it might be, or an app on your phone mm-hmm. or your iPad or whatever. That he, you know, is that was the biggest criticism from the FX point of view, because uh, you know either the delay to get to it or whatever yeah, it yeah, might have been. It's a little but, bit of a delay. Um, um, I I'd like to Silicon give. John. Um, no. Did you find a number? Uh, it was episode, it was back in July. It was episode 168, so not that long ago. It was when we talked about Stranger Things. Okay. That okay. was officially uh, TV Schmeevy part six. Six. So oh, seven. So okay. Seven. So this is part lucky, seven. Lucky number seven. Okay, yeah, cool. lucky number seven, our top five. Yeah. If, if, if we knew that, we could have done our top seven shows uh, oh, man. of the year. But, uh, oh, we can do that. We can do that <laughs> if you we, want. Well, we can have two honorable yeah. mentions. Yeah. Okay. But we'll just do top five. Yeah. Yes. But we will each talk about seven shows. Yes. Okay. All right. Make cool. you feel better. Yeah. I can tell you just. Uh, I just yeah. found. I, just saw you I also just did a quick look up to find out that one of the shows that was on my list <laughs> came out in 2015. Really? really? Yeah. So. Did it extend to 16? No, it didn't. It was just so late in the year. And there hasn't oh, been an installment you know this year of Fargo. Oh. Uh, so Fargo would have been in my top top Dang. five, but instead and also an FX show and an FX show as well. I think, we should keep it, I think we should watch it. Watch <laughs> it. Tally we should watch a tally here. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm looking at my list. Tally. I've got a I've got a Netflix, a Stars, an FX, an HBO, and an AMC. Spread so I've love. got a spread. I like it. I've I got like a nice okay. spread. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! You come down to my basement to see my nice spread, <laughs> don't you guys? Um. Can I go first? Yeah. Let's get this started. I have a non-serialized show. Um, It feels like, I kind of like the way that it works. It almost feels like, it sounds, it's a weird comparison, but kind of the way that like the Marvel movies work. It's, it's, it, it, there's a, there's a centralized character and this show can go anywhere on any given episode. Um, I followed the web um, edition for years prior to it. um, And 
I thought that there was going to be some fall off in terms of what it became once it moved to HBO, mm -hmm. but it did not. It got better. It got more intense. The actors got better. The scenes got better, got filmed better, and that is high maintenance. High maintenance is my fucking show. Man. I still haven't watched it. It's, I need to. It's I, on my queue. I'm so glad you're saying that because it's like that's the final impetus that I need to watch it. So everything so, I've heard is that it, it yeah. sounds like an idea that my friends and I would have come up with, and someone right. actually did. Like the way that it's an anthology show, it right. sounds like a cool way to get uh, contained stories into a mm -hmm. show. I think that's a great premise. The neat part is like it, it's it's all in New York, right? But the idea too is like the main character who is a weed dealer. Um, Drives around, he rides around to these places. Um, it's really neat because the system is basically someone has to uh, tell, like, suggest the the next customer to mm. him. That's the only way. Recommendation. Like word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth. That's the only way he takes the customer. So Got it's it. kind of that system yeah. and working around it. Um, the neat part is that you might see an episode that does not have him in it whatsoever. Like, literally, mm. he won't be in it. And then sometimes he shows up at the end or something like that. Same guy that was in the web series? Mm -hmm. okay. Same guy that was in the web series. Um, and I think that the creator uh, is also the star. And his wife, who was um, a casting agent on um, 30 Rock. And what they realized was during the course of making um, 30 Rock, uh, like just getting people, that there were a bunch of really good character actors that just didn't get work because of how they looked, how right. they sounded. Um, and this was kind of uh, a calling card, just showing the range of these people that didn't get a lot of work, that got this 15 minutes of really good acting that it was just kind of people talking and mm -hmm. smoking weed. Yeah, And it's, it's really... And I don't smoke weed, and I still love it as a... I can't imagine how... This is a companion piece if you smoke weed. Well, the premise more? of a weed dealer being a person who cuts across, uh, uh, like, social castes, sort yeah, of. Yeah. A guy who's going to, you know, uh, there's going to be rich people who have a weed dealer. There's going to be poor people that have a weed dealer. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be... Uh, I, I think that's a great premise for how to connect, a, a like, a disparate collection of people for a show like this. Mm -hmm. Is to say, there are people that kind of just this guy's kind of dancing in and out of their life and that's yeah. what connects them. That's a great premise, yeah. you know. Ben Sinclair, the main character, is very, very good in it. Um, and what's even cooler is if you watch the web series, it connects back to some of the characters. That's cool. Um, which is even more cool. So okay. Hannibal Burris in the web series years ago, he shows up in the new season. Um, yeah, but it's definitely worth checking out. I, I kind of love what HBO's doing, kind of picking up these web series mm -hmm. um, people and kind of making these legitimate legitimate shows that are transitioning really well. So, Well, HBO does that acquiring thing occasionally where they'll pick up something yeah. that exists out there. And it's like it usually goes through a huge development process. Right. And, I, and, and it can kind of squeeze the life out of it. So I wonder if what you're saying might be... I wonder why this was able to arrive without yeah. losing any of its quality. Two shows. Two yeah. shows did it this year. So I'm wondering... If they're going to do more of that, so mm -hmm. yeah, that's my that's my number five. Well, I think just because I can segue nicely from yours, my number five also focuses on a on a drug dealer, but a different sort of drug dealer. Mm -hmm. This is a south of the border kind of drug dealer. This is my Netflix show, Narcos. Oh shit! Okay, I really got sucked into Narcos. Like I watched, I know the first season came out, I think last year, mm -hmm. and then the second season just came out a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And I had heard about it, and it sounded like the kind of show that I would watch. But I just, just like with many Netflix things, they can kind of 
pile up. Had so, you watched the first season? No, I had okay, not. Okay, okay. So but I sat down both. to watch the first one, and it was like, I don't know if it was a rainy weekend or if it was a weekend when I was sick or something, but I plowed through both seasons in, a, in the space of a few days, you know? Sure. And it was, a, it was like a long movie to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to really appreciate the way they throw you into a world, the way the fact that it's shot, I think it's shot in Colombia. I want to check mm-hmm. to make sure of this. Um, yeah, set and filmed in Colombia, and uh, with a cast of actors I've seen. I think a lot of these are character actors I've seen in other things, Definitely. but but here they are with much meatier roles, and so that was. It felt like you were getting to see. I don't know. We talk a lot about diversity on this show, and I think this was just a great example. I mean, of course, it's a gangland thing, and it re- reflects only a certain right. part of society. But it still had some really good roles for some of these actors. And I think one of the reasons why it kept creeping back onto my list was because of the central performance. The guy, Wagner Mora, yeah. who plays Pablo Escobar, it's a phenomenal performance. Good, it's yeah. so good, and it's so... I don't want to give anything away to people that haven't watched this show, but if you're wondering how you can make this story into a show that's going to keep going, because I think they just renewed it for they seasons did. three and four. They did. And what? They, 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 moved, <laughs> they renewed it when season two came out. They moved through the, the story that we Jeez. know about the, about this about this man, Escobar, and his times. They mm-hmm. moved through it pretty quickly. So as it was getting close to the end of the second season, I was going, how the hell are they going to extend this idea, knowing what I knew just vaguely about the history? And it's very, I think it's very promising what the future holds. Yeah. Um, if you like the actor Pedro Pascal, who played, um, what's his name? Oberyn. Uh, Oberyn. Oberyn Martell on Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. the guy who got his head squished like a grape oh, by the mountain. yeah. Like, if you liked that character, spoiler for Game of Thrones, sorry, it's a couple <laughs> seasons old. Um, but if I liked him in that role, and, and when he popped up on this show, I was like, I hope he sticks around. I hope he doesn't get his head squashed uh, too yeah. soon. And he, he is, he does seem to have a lot to do. That character, I think he's great. Something about that guy's, like, physicality, he just reminds me of, like... He would have been uh, kind of a sex symbol type TV star in like the late seventies, early eighties. He's sure. just got that feel, you know. Like there's a there's a macho quality to these guys. <laughs> macho is a good word. And you yeah. see how yeah. the hot shot, Machismo. like you have to be in this world to, to take the chances. Uh, and I do think the show has a lot to say about <clears throat> a kind of a, a theme on a lot of prestige shows seems to be a kind of toxic masculinity. Yeah. And I think that on this show, you see a lot of different varieties of it. Um, But no, it's got a great cast, really memorable characters. I love the way, I'm sure that in some way, it abbreviates certain things about the real history. And I've heard some criticism that it glorifies Pablo Escobar and kind of sides with him. But I didn't feel that. I felt like even through to the end of this second season, they they were showing us what was at stake for this character, but it yeah. never said this man is right in the head or what this person wants is a good right. thing. But you did see the value to this person of having pulled yourself up from nothing about wanting to fight for that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I would say Narcos, I think you would know within a couple of hours if it's going to be your bag. It was just the right kind of, I mean, it's like a sweaty show. It's that kind of show where people uh, mouth off to the wrong person and bad things happen to them. <laughs> you know, quickly. like Boardwalk Empire is gone. I need a show where bad things happen to people who, <laughs> yes. who, who overstep their boundaries. <laughs> You know, um, but no, great, and if, especially like I said, that that lead performance, physically a very strong performance. Like he transforms himself into this kind of dumpy man. Um, does he poke his stomach out? I'm trying to figure I'm, it out. I think he gains think he some does. weight, and he kind of pokes his I stomach think he out. He pokes his stomach out. I think a lot of times when an actor gains weight, but he's great in it. He's great. They they relax their stomach muscles yeah. in a way that a real person who's got that weight never actually does. Absolutely. A person who's actually got that gut, as, as a person with a gut, <laughs> there's no more developed muscles in my body than the gut sucking in muscles. <laughs> Uh, but I think that it still you feel that you feel the guy's history, you feel his story through yeah. his physicality, and then the fact that it's the '80s, 
uh, and he's got like white sneaks and like dad jeans and like a, a, a polo shirt, you know. It's and he's like the the king of this intimidating empire. It's yeah. a really it's a really cool show. I think. I think it's a I great think, performance. I think it's something super crazy about the idea that like people can't accept that terrible people can be charismatic. Mm -hmm. Like oh, it, yeah. that's it, you cannot ignore that some of history's worst people were some of the most charismatic people. Totally That's how they get there. people to move. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense besides that person had a trait that moved the people. And some of that is like extreme charisma. Being able to manipulate people in a very short amount of time and getting them to do terrible yeah. things is... Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting to watch. So to say that it's glorifying a person, I don't know about it. I think people just say that we've had a lot of shows that do that already. Yes. That look yes, at yes, men yes. like this. you got your Tony Sopranos, your uh, um, uh, Dexter. Yeah. You've got uh, you know, uh, Ian McShane on Deadwood. was Al Swearingen. Like, you've got all these characters who are like violent people who do terrible things, and we're asked to like step inside their mind, and, yeah. and, and a lot of them are white men. You know, I mean, there is a sort of right, right. theme going on. So I guess at least in this case, it's not your usual white bread version of that character. <laughs> right. Like uh, uh, the actor Wagner Mora, he's a, um, I think he's a Brazilian actor. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Gotcha. Definitely not someone I'd seen before in no, any, any American uh, product, so... Steve, what's your number five? My see, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't rank them five to one. That's oh. fine. So I'm, I just have five titles I'm throwing out. Oh, we do it. That's that. Okay, we no, I'm do doing. It. I'm ranking mine, but you don't uh, have to. Rank yeah, mine yours. are not ranked. Mine are in no particular order. <laughs> I'm gonna look for the best way Damn for me you. to segue yeah. from what you just said, yeah. and I'll go with um, a common actor. <laughs> you kind of already said it for me, but in season six, I feel like Game of Thrones uh, completely regained this like vigor that it had lost in mm. season five and has like basically given no shortage of amazing moments through the, through that entire season of whatever, 10 episodes. Yeah. Um, whether it be the battle of the bastards or the Hodor reveal and, uh, some of the white Walker battles. I just feel like the season, this season of game of Thrones <laughs> really just kind of reset the clock for a lot of fans that I felt like me personally after I was still into it after season five, but I just feel like it got me so much more into the wanting to see the now the, we see a finish line. More. Right. I think that's the you main know? thing is you saw them jump ahead with the fifth season. They sort of officially lapped what they were covering in the books. In books, right. And then the sixth season actually went back and covered a lot of stuff that they had excised. They found okay, ways yeah. to bring it in. So it was still familiar. Yeah. But there were two or three big moments, like the ones yeah. you mentioned, that really are like ahead of the books. Yeah. And yet we know as a book reader... Uh, I know the things that, are ha that have to be different because there's characters on the show that have been killed that are alive in the books. There's oh, characters right. in the, in the right. books mm. that have been killed that are alive in the show. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. And then there's definitely characters that have been turned into other characters or combined. Sure. And, and it wouldn't work. Like, depending on what's going on in the book, certain things just can't possibly coexist. Uh, but things like yeah. the Hodor reveal, the Battle of the Bastards, those broad moments feel like moments that the books are leading towards in a way. Um but I think that you're right. The show felt like it just had this gallop to it. Yeah. And it was getting to these... It wasn't just saying, like, knocking things off a list. It was actually telling story. Yeah. And maybe because the showrunners aren't basing it on a book that's been sitting there, they are able to tell it like a TV show, which doesn't mean better than the book. It just sure. means better, better for a show. Yeah. Better for, like, every hour or so, there's some big punch. Whereas I think you're right. In season five, it did sometimes feel like there was water treading going on. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm really interested to see where Game of Thrones goes. Yeah, I just feel like it, it did such a good job of just kind of re... Especially because like I feel like there's a lot of shows on TV right now that have been on for a number of years, and I'm talking about Walking Dead, that I just feel like I've completely lost 
interest in. Mm. I feel like that they've completely either lost their way or gotten too comfortable in like what people like about them that they've yeah. really stopped challenging the Walking narrative. Walking Dead is the... Have you been watching it this season? I like. I haven't watched it after the. Like, I think the second or third episode. I've, I've watched, fallen out of it. I've. I don't think I've watched a full season since the first season. But I wow. fall in and out. I'll watch yeah. a half season and then I'll get so bored with it I won't watch right. all of the episodes from the next half season. Right. But I will watch the first and the last one. Got it. Or I'll ask if everyone's going. Holy fuck! Last night yeah. I'll watch it. But I. This was the first. This was one of the eight episode chunks that I watched. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm amazed at what you said. The the. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's incompetence or if yeah. it's like pomposity. It is. That causes them to be so lazy with what they do as a show. Like yeah. other great shows, like Walking Dead is clearly trying to be a great show. Absolutely. I think it was never really going to be a great show, but something about the the stature of it, I think that they, I just think they aren't operating on the same level as these other kind of prestige dramas. Like as far as Definitely what you expect not. from an episode, production value-wise, acting-wise, writing-wise, they do have this, there's this power to it. Yeah. I still get a, a kick out of seeing like Rick turn a corner when he's like all bloody and he's like, we're going to fuck somebody up. Yeah. Like I still like that moment. Sure, sure. And I still like the sort of, these people have banded together as a family. Every now and then there'll be like a moment that shows you these people care about yeah. each other. But otherwise, it's just this slog through like... Yeah. I heard someone say that it's like what the end of the world would be like if everyone was a boring asshole. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of what Walking it Dead has turned into. It's really yeah. hard to like many or any of the characters at times. And it moves so slow and it will spend an Did hour... Did you like the first episode of the season? You know, I thought they did a couple of things that made it... I could understand once I saw that why they made it a cliffhanger rather than ending the season. I think if they had ended the season with those deaths, it would have been like a an odd way to end, the, yeah. just just as odd as the way they ended it. But I don't know. I didn't think they handled it particularly well. It felt kind of like I was. You know what I felt, Steve? I found myself going, "Why am I watching this show just to that's see, <laughs> just that's to it. see when someone gets killed terribly?" That, that's what I was thinking. Like, am I just it. watching? And I love horror films, and I love films and Absolutely. stories where bad things Absolutely. happen to people. But I was watching it going, "Am I just watching this, waiting for the next bad thing to happen to somebody?" And that felt like yeah. a really hollow reason to watch a show. That's how. Oh man, yeah. that's why I gave up on it a couple I, seasons. Exactly. Well, like it was this, very hard to watch. I mean, like, look, man, like. Yeah. I think it's very good to have a show that has a dynamic. I think it's weird because it's kind of the same thing that happened to uh, True Blood to me. Oh, yeah. It almost became like a parody of itself. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it became self-aware in the, in the wrong ways. Um, and I'm good with like the, the idea that it could be silly and sometimes it could get kind of stuck in a place for a while. Sure. But it harped on what it was too much. And I think that sometimes it should just play on interpersonal relationships um like more and it just didn't feel good well, i mean other all. shows have humor that's funnier <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. like yeah. Uh, warmth that's warmer <laughs> like, a kid that's not a dick face right acting that like, is like more like... It, it, i don't know there's just so many ways that it feels like you're watching it yeah just to see what and also i will say what whatever kind of gross they occasionally will throw in like some good gore or like yeah. a good gross zombie a yeah. waterlogged zombie or something like that that's really like icky mm-hmm. but they don't even deliver that with any regularity mm-hmm. anymore to the point where it almost they had to remind like this last patch of episodes there was a point where a dead character was slaying there and it was like when it sprung back up as a zombie, you felt like, oh, yeah, zombies. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They can turn into zombies. I forgot about that. So what did you think of Negan? If you felt that way in the first episode, you would be ready to punch him in the face by now. Because all they've done is reiterate. Yeah. He goes on these monologues. He's oh, having boy. fun. That's what bothered me, yeah. And I don't even. I feel even bad for Jeffrey Dean Morgan because he's trying to do something with this cartoon character to try to like make it real. Yeah. 
But they, they've, I mean, it's been, I think they were counting on it being this like intense season of people loving to hate Negan, but instead it was like a slow burn of just being annoyed. And it, you can't do that for eight episodes. I love Thermal Magic City. I don't think I saw that. Me either. What? No. <laughs> it's a good show. I don't know why. I, did. I, mean, I liked him in Watchmen. Oh yeah, he yeah. was great in watch. I don't know, but not this. I didn't mean to say. Yeah, no, no, too, we don't too deep. Cool. I, I just, I was just only to compare it because they've both been around for a while, like yeah. you know, and I feel like there has been. No, the comparison like, is great. Like a lack of that achievement on The Walking Dead, where like I feel like I'm definitely in the minority of people like that are just, but I don't really like it anymore. You yeah. know, when the premiere happened this this season, I was just like, I, I mean, like I said, some things were cool about it, but yeah. it just felt like, so. Why, why like, am I watching this? So bad, yeah, yeah. but. To come back to Game of Thrones, I just feel like it just felt so. I it, to be in a sixth season and to feel so fresh and exciting is a real accomplishment. Knowing that there is an end date in sight. Well, that's the what makes it you, good. Yeah, absolutely. You know that there's you know two shortened seasons coming, and you know you 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 see the finality. You of, can imagine of this like okay, I bet by the end of the next six or seven, we're here exactly, and then the real threat, the real battle is here. Yeah. So it's like if at the end of the next little season of six or seven episodes, all the human drama has come to a head. Yep. And then it's like, oh, guess what, folks. Monsters and zombies are coming from. It's it's you know. fucking on. This is feels like the, the, the pedals of the metal. Like it's just getting to the end of season six just felt so exciting mm-hmm. and just like to, to feel it end. You know, you always feel like oh the season ending. You're like god damn, but you also felt like oh yeah that was good. Right, like, and that, you see they where really it's going. killed it. Yeah. Like it's it's heading to the stuff they've been talking about this whole time, as Absolutely. opposed to this kind of other things. So, it's yeah. exciting. Yeah. It's it's great TV, and it just made me super excited to see how this series comes to an end. Mm-hmm. Cool. So yeah. All right, so I gotta give you I gotta give you guys a warning about okay. my feelings about this show. First mm-hmm. and foremost, my fourth pick is the People versus OJ. All right, I gotta start it with this. There is a voice that's missing in this show that feels a little weird, and I'll say that sometimes it feels like I feel like the impact of this thing and uh how like the black community felt about this whole thing didn't feel like it got tackled well enough in a situation that was hugely swayed by this whole uh racial Mm. sort of tension thing that was created as a result of race being the the main reason for the you know the the whole strategy for winning yeah the, the the team but even with that conflict that i have with the this is one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. It is one of the best, well, it's one of the better acted shows I've ever seen. It's filmed like an action film. Dialogue is shot like action, which I've I have never seen in my life. Mm-hmm. I've never seen like a camera whip from one person to the other talking about evidence being tampered with. Or it's it's just something about. I think that one thing that people say constantly when they talk about this period of time was I was there. I know what happened. Absolutely. No, the fuck you don't. Right. You have no cultural. I mean, you have an idea of the cultural impact on some level, but the intricacies, even if they're dramatized, you have no fucking idea what was going on mm-hmm. on a grand scale. And, and, and it would be smart for you to even look at the little documentary that came out after this came out. But this show is a is the some of the greatest collection of actors acting their ass off that I have ever seen. Cuba Gooding as OJ, um, to, for for me was a really nice point because there was some there's there's some weird thoughts about him. People think that he's 
kind of has an OJ sort of deal with him. You know what I mean? Like, so him taking this role was really pretty big for him to fit into it. And he acted his ass off. And then everybody else that follows, obviously, um, John Travolta as Robert Shapiro, Sterling K. Brown as Darden, um, uh, Courtney B. Vance. Sarah Paulson. As Cochran's. Yeah, Sarah Paulson acting her ass off. Yeah. This was one of the best shows I've seen in a really long time. And although it has some shortage on some of the cultural implication on why people felt the way they did, how tense it was, that that's, that kind of stuff wasn't captured as, as intensely as it should have because it was an intense time, man. Mm-hmm. I remember when the verdict came, we stopped school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you remember that uh, shit? Absolutely. It we was, stopped they, school. Yeah, they had like t- we were watching it in yes, school. Yes, man. They had it on TV. Mm-hmm. It was it was one of those things that like I think that it it did capture a lot, but the voice was very limited. Mm-hmm. But for what it did, it demonstrated a whole bunch that I just didn't think about all of the gears turning and how it played into everything that happened. What are they doing for the second season? It's the Katrina, Katrina man. Okay, Katrina, and then Versace is the next season. Yeah. Okay, the third season. Yeah. Isn't somebody else doing the John Benet Ramsey thing? Maybe, maybe I heard I, that I'm was the sure. rumor. That was the rumor oh, okay. for one of the seasons, and then they. That feels like a rich. I mean, if that feels yeah. like a, a yeah, I would a story. love to see that. Me yeah. too. Me too. I'll actually just, I'll just, I mean, it'll take my turn out of place, but yeah. that's one of mine yeah. too. One of my top fives. Jesus Christ! I just felt like, yeah, just in terms of like a cast, also, mm-hmm. um, performances all around were great. I mean, even like looking at like like the like, um, Travolta as Bob Shapiro <laughs> and. David Schwimmer as Robert Kardashian, just like yeah. the people that they had in the roles, even the smallest roles, like even seeing, um, oh, what is her name, uh, Selma Blair as yes. Chris as Jenner, and um, I don't even know, there's like so many small roles that were so interestingly casted that like, even if they were in the show for like five minutes, you know, of total screen time. You felt it. Just felt it. Yeah, you, you felt, felt that character, yeah. not the actor per se. Mm-hmm. You know, and specifically in my in my take, Sterling K. Brown and Sarah Paulson were like to me the real standouts for yes. the show, yeah, yeah. mainly because of the characters that they were playing and remembering, I guess, how scrutinized those characters, those people were in life right. when yeah. that case was happening, yeah. and 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 the but they were also the people that you thought the most about their humanity, kind of in the wake of it, the people that, that yeah. felt like they maybe had a task that Ex- they failed, failed at, you yeah. know. And I mean the way it's handled and like the way that certain episodes really honed in on, you know, Marsha Clark's home life or like how it was being played with like her looks and her family and her yeah. ability to be a mother and specifically the 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 one of the most crucial points in the entire trial with Christopher Darden and, and having OJ put the glove on, <laughs> the way that whole episode was was handled was was like magic. It like was, watching it was. like Courtney B. Vance and you know as Johnny Cochran like basically calling a like the bluff of like will he or won't he mm-hmm. and um uh who plays um F. Lee or is it oh God. Is that is that the lawyer's name? Uh the, the older guy. Yeah. Like oh, um I forget his name. Is it I keep wanting to say Ermy. Um, he was in Mrs. Doubtfire, is that his name? Uh 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 God, I forget his F. name. F. Lee Bailey. F. Lee Bailey, yeah. Whoever plays him in it, like just I mean I also saw the documentary that Ronald was referring to um, that came out on ESPN. But like, you know, while you might say that you may be the the cultural voice of like the impact, I just think the show was a little more focused on the trial. Yeah, yeah. You know, the title of the show, The People Versus, I I can see where you'd expect a little more of the people 
but side of it. They showed those scenes yeah. that were hinting at it, but I was like, that that's a big part of why this thing swayed the way that it did. I mm-hmm. think the only I think the intricacy was them trying to tell some of that stuff that you feel like is missing yeah. through the characters. Right, right. Through Cochran and like where he was and like and that one part in the like when they go and they take the jury to OJ's house and like oh, swap right. out all the photos. Yeah, yeah. Which is like absolutely true. Yeah. It is mind boggling, like how that happened. Yeah. You know, and seeing that, and um, I don't know, I, I agreed. I, I, it's one of my favorite shows of the year. And uh, it felt like there were moments where it was like, this person has to talk to this person. It's like a fight. I'm, I'm, I'm tense about this. How is this going to be? Man, like uh, Sterling K. Brown. I don't know why he hasn't been kind of yeah. pushed forward before now, but this is his year, man. Yeah. This is his yeah. year. It, it's it, he is killing everything he touches. Everything that he does drives me crazy. Yeah, like, he's on it, This Is Us. Yeah, it gets my yeah. <laughs> my blood going crazy. He's so good. Man. It does the all. It does the amazing thing also is like any of these based on a true story, real life things, mm-hmm. is that you get to the finale or even the penultimate episode of the season. And it accomplishes that thing to still have you sitting on the edge of your seat. Yeah. yeah. You're so engrossed by, like, what is being said. And, like, you know what the verdict is. You know what happened. Yeah. You know what comes of these people in the aftermath, unfortunately for some. Yeah. But, like, it's still accomplished that, like, up into that, you know, the, the second to last in the last episode, you're, you're, you're like, <laughs> you're, you're waiting to hear not guilty. <laughs> right. And you right. know it's already there. Yeah. But it does that thing. The characters are so rich and so well played. And the writing was so great on the show too that you know it's it's done that thing where it's like made you want to be told a story again that you already know the ending to, yeah, and you want to hear it again. You know, it's it's is you should definitely check it out, John. I think you'd really mm-hmm. enjoy it's it. Fuck. It's really really it's well tense. made. It's fuck. Yeah, it's, and it keeps happening. Like I was like, man, it's not gonna be that tense, but it keeps up in the end. And it became a series that like was a cultural thing. Like you know, people yeah. were talking about this show he- heavily when mm-hmm. it aired. You know, like it, it was that kind of show where like people were wanting and waiting for that next episode which isn't you know that all that common you know no. like for shows that are airing week to week on tv mm-hmm. i mean like we're talking game of thrones and walking deads and things like that are these big epic shows but this is a show about the oj trial yeah like that people are like it's like water cooler talk right whatever yeah. that is equal to today mm-hmm. you know it's it managed to drum that up and uh great show great show so that's also one of my five yeah cuba gooding last thing i want to say cuba gooding wasn't like a I want. I thought that Cuba was gonna be this crazy, exaggerated human being as OJ, but no. It, it it felt a lot more nuanced. Like he was very aware of his privilege as a as a superstar, and he carried that everywhere he went mm-hmm. in a way that I I just had never thought about in the context of the trial. How far does it go? And like when he's in prison and just kind of rationalizing. Well, the people know I did. I'm OJ. Like, right. why would they ever seeing that him process that stuff was done in a way more subtle way than I was ever expecting? I thought he was just going to be flipping tables and doing. It was well. You a- do picture Cuba Gooding Jr. You picture him being like, okay, he's going to do one of his like exaggerated yeah, yeah. type performances. So right, stepping on chairs to get to the front yeah. of the st- no, it was none of that. It was none of that, man. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. It was cool. Well, I can't segue. Actually, no, I can segue from that because my show at, that's at number four also has a versus in the middle of the title. But this is Ash versus Evil Dead. Cool. Um, cool. This is my stars re- representing right. for one of the forgotten uh, <laughs> cable networks. <laughs> I feel like they've got a few shows that seem they to do. occasionally catch people's notice. But the thing about Ash versus Evil Dead that that 
It's like there are a few shows like we were talking about why Walking Dead is not a fun show to watch. It's, it doesn't embrace the schlockiness. It doesn't yeah. embrace the, the I mean, even something like Narcos on my list, it like embraces its kind of pulpiness, you know? Yeah. But Ash vs. Evil Dead is so like uh, every couple episodes, there's something that's really gross <laughs> and really inventive and really like another way to torture Bruce Campbell with special effects. <laughs> but they do so much with like practical effects. Yeah. There's goo flying out at people. There is the occasional CGI thing that it reminds me of watching uh, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Angel, oh, where you yeah. would just kind of have to go, okay, I wish they had a couple million more for this effect, <laughs> but yeah. I'm going to live with it. But I think Ash vs. Evil Dead gets past those moments with a sort of kind of pop art almost kind of style. It's like a heightened show. Yeah, It picks up with the sort of wackier ideas of, of the Evil Dead films, but it also has moments of real horror, and it also has moments of really... Like a character who will be brought in that you might think is going to become part of the regular cast will not at all, and also you'll just be surprised with how brutal it would be with one character, and then how funny it would be in another scene. And it has that Evil Dead, that quality of like it's not just a demon that's busting out of somebody; it's going, "I'll swallow your soul," <laughs> and it's like zooming in, and there's a fisheye lens, and 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 like, and Bruce Campbell is the perfect like he's he's you know past his prime, and he's playing a guy who's past his prime. <laughs> And he's always coming on to women in this gross way, but the show never lets you believe for a second that it's, like, working for him. Yeah. And so it's this great... I mean, it's repeating the same joke maybe over and over again, Mm -hmm. but every time I think, oh, okay, this show has settled into a groove, they'll do something really interesting for an episode. Like, they'll have a a little bottle episode. Like, there was an episode this season that had to do with um, Ash believing that he's in an insane asylum. And it's not clear... It's one of those episodes where the episode is about how he's an insane asylum and he's crazy, and then it makes you think, well, we know everything we've just seen is not his imagination, but the, sh- but the episode plays around with the idea that everything he's experienced up till now that we've seen is the hallucination of a crazy guy. You know, they'll yeah. do little things within an episode that okay. are kind of experimental. But then there'll be an episode, like there was an episode this season where a corpse, uh, the, the, like the butthole in the intestines shoot off of the corpse and strangle Ash and suck him up into like the colon of the corpse. And so his head... Head is like in an autopsy room coming up out of the open stomach of the of the corpse and like poop is getting all over his face and he's going ah you know I mean it's just it's like Bruce Campbell is so game and he's never above it and yeah. they're never above an idea it's just such a fun show for like a horror buff and I will say that maybe this season there were a couple three episodes that sort of fell flat within what an episode is supposed to do but every time I would think eh there's something that would make me go no no other show on television is doing this right, right. and no other show is scratching that itch plus it's 30 minutes like how many times in recent years have one of these big cable shows been 30 minutes you know it's comedy yeah. it's horror it's fast it's silly it just hits the spot for me yeah. and I, I giggle like I'll be watching it at least once a week although something that makes me go like oh I'm so glad this flavor is alive on television so uh, Ash versus Evil Dead I watched a couple episodes good use of spaces I know that sounds mm-hmm. like it it, it it does this thing where it'll show the space which is dark and scary mm-hmm. they'll show the thing that's the threat and then they're like, they'll show the limitations and then they work within it in like a 10 or 15 minute. Well, well I say like 10 minutes. Right, scene. but it'll be like a fight scene or yeah. a, a set piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. They give you yeah. the dimensions of the room and they show you what's going Almost on. Almost like a video game. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, very how much is this like person going to get the fuck out of this yeah. situation? And then it, it, it escalates from there. And then the thing that you thought was the way out turns into something else. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like, I, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. And I need to watch more, but there's so many shows. Mm-hmm. On, yeah, so I'll check it out. I definitely will. I'll but give it a chance. I think that brings it back around to you, Ronald. Cool. What's um, your number three? 
Number three, um, this this director, um, one of my becoming one of my favorite people. Um, first woman to do a hundred twenty million dollar film for Disney, Ava DuVernay's Queen Sugar, fucking looks like a painting. Mm-hmm. Then combine that with the acting and the subject matter. It's it's about a family trying to defend a, a sugarcane field and um it, it's the reveal at the end as to why this this family has to fight for this thing is so deep and so heavy that it's worth checking out just to find out what that is mm-hmm. but um this small family in new orleans working on this sugarcane field you know, and it's one of the the call to act. You know, how in the movie they always talk about the call to action, the refusal of the call to action, and then that it, that's done in a way that's interesting enough uh, during the course of the show that it, it doesn't feel like it's dragging along. Mm-hmm. And it's an hour long, but it, it feels like a fast hour. You know, it's like a TV hour, so it's like fifty, yeah. forty-five, fifty. But Queen Sugar is become my favorite show and it's on the own network um there's another show on own that i really like Greenleaf. that's not on my list but oprah's going for something she's going for these stories about people who don't necessarily may not like look like you but you can relate to them in a way that's you know it's it's not riddled with stereotypes it's not riddled with shitty ideas that aren't necessarily they almost feel like propaganda mm-hmm. i mean all of it is kind of propaganda in a way right but I guess you want good versions of that, you know, like family dynamic and stuff like that. Things that bring people together. Queen Sugar is one of those things. I've never seen black people look the way they, they do. You know, on the you show. said that. I keep saying I've, it. I've seen a few clips and, I've, and I haven't watched it yet, but right, it, right. it does sound really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and it does seem like why have we not seen this yet? Yeah. The like again, as we've said, why just because it's about black people does it have to be about this? narrow set of subjects why can't it be like a family saga yeah, why can't yeah. it be like an yeah. epic story with all yeah. these characters just like just like a show just like a show with white people in it <laughs> just like a show. um but but no i you said the thing about the skin tones being photographed so well yeah. and how that 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 black skin tones have not been photographed typically well look and at yafet koto in anything well i mean i wondered like how obvious could this be but i watched it yeah. with an eye to that and i was like you know he's right like the, it, never seen it. it just feels it looks more considered it's like it, people are glowing more. I don't know. It is funny. And it it's makes me think crazy. like that's another little subtly racist thing that's been going on <laughs> yes. is that lighting has also been racist Apparently all this the, time. The light spectrum that they use the film doesn't consider skin tones like that, like yeah. the darker skin tones. That's why sometimes you see, I'll see a movie and I'm like, why does that person look like this in this movie? And then like you can barely see them in other things. Like it's it's a strange thing that's just not considered mm-hmm. and so when you see a movie where the spectrum of color even even with white people mm-hmm. you're like oh my god like i didn't know that people had this range that so one of the main characters her uh boyfriend is a cop a white cop in new orleans his skin looks amazing it's just <laughs> it's like I, you just i just haven't seen a show that really emphasizes just how beautiful human beings are yeah. in the world <laughs> just kind of living <laughs> just no makeup just kind of functioning in the world sweaty and walking around in a hot new orleans but it's show is fucking nuts man it's dramatic it's sad it's really sad but i think it's worth checking out so queen sugar ava duvernay 
Thank you. See, I love Ava DuVernay at Amen. this point too. So I'm loving, I'm loving her trajectory. It's in places, so you can check it out. Yeah. I have it, it, it; it's available to you in places <laughs> and spaces. So, well, I think I'm actually since you guys doubled up on one, I'll do it, and then you'll we'll be caught up with your third. Is okay. that what's happening here? Um, so my next one is an FX show that I actually just caught up. I watched the first episode when it first came out, and then I just kind of caught up with the rest of them in short succession. So I, it's still very fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. But this show was funny and at times uh you i mean you, it's that kind of funny where you worry about the characters but it but it's never like totally life or death but the situation could become life or death and there's like little moments of absurdity on this show <laughs> that will, sometimes an episode will just end on a note that's just crazy but i found myself continually surprised and like laughing hard throughout atlanta yes i love this fucking show. <laughs> like, it's so good. I think it is so good. And I think that, like, if people watch the first couple episodes and maybe they're put off by Donald Glover as the focus of the show, being mm-hmm. kind of, like, the least sympathetic character in a way. Right. Yeah. But I think by the third or fourth episode, you see that that's part of the scope of this show. That he's the main character, but, like, his, his kind of estranged wife gets a gets a real opportunity to shine which yeah. i was thinking if there, anything the show early on was missing like a strong female character but she gets some great bits in there yeah, yeah. his cousin is fantastic <laughs> yeah. it's like works totally dramatically and also totally comedically really like physically everything about that guy i know that guy i've met 20 i'm not I mean i'm not saying he's not a unique character i'm yeah. just saying i know that guy yeah, you know the kind of beefy guy who's cool and the fact that he's he's starting this rap career but maybe he's a little bit late to hit the game <laughs> at his age or whatever yeah uh, what's the actor's name that plays paperboy um, or alfred damn it uh i don't know but also darius i was like darius is probably oh my god i laughed at everything he said i love i love the episode where they like do the money exchange where he gets the 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 sword for the dog and like and in how like, was it like eight months or something like that? Yeah. I'm gonna get you a lot of money. Right. I thought that was it's so that it's was so, so funny. funny, but yeah. kind of deep, man. And, it, and like... then when he says, "You're my friend," yeah, yeah. I, I mean, oh, yeah. I got that got me. And the thing is, they didn't show Donald Glover's reaction to that, but you could see from the corner of his face that he was smiling at that. <laughs> yeah. And it made me think like, this show is subtle, man. It's yeah. like it yeah. felt at first like it wasn't, and then it revealed to me, oh man, this this show is doing something totally different yeah. than I've seen done. And then there's one episode that ends with something almost supernatural. <laughs> oh, oh god, yeah. That is like I love it. I love where it <laughs> yeah. goes. I love that you you don't know like but I knew earlier there's this earlier in that episode where Darius is showing him the picture uh-huh. that sets up that idea. Yeah. I was thinking like <laughs> I don't know that this show isn't going to go there. It reminded yeah. me, honestly, there's a show that gets a lot of love from people that I've enjoyed, but I've never really felt the need to watch it, mm-hmm. which is Louie. Like, I love Louie, yeah. but I don't feel like it pulls me through episode to episode qu- so crazy, man. quite as much. But Louie does a similar thing where it can be anything. Like, the story sure. within an episode can yeah. be anything. And I think that Donald Glover really staked out in this season that he can do satirical comedy. Yeah. There was one episode that's practically like a sketch comedy <laughs> yeah. show. Um, yeah, and that, that was written, directed by Donald Glover. You know, I mean, that's a there's a voice there that's coming through. And yeah. I, a lot of the episodes were directed by this guy um, who I think is a video director. But I, I know Hero his, Hero Mirai. Yeah, that's or, like one of his good friends. And him, him and it, apparently Donald and his glove, uh, Donald and his glove, <laughs> <laughs> Donald and his brother write it together. Yeah, Stephen Glover. Yeah, he did. He does the Paperboy, uh, right. Paperboy, yeah. Paperboy. That's um, so authentic, though, because it both yes. sounded good, and it kind of was banging, but it also sounded to me like that sounds like Atlanta yes. hip-hop, and it sounds like something that would be a little on the underground side, and maybe it would spill over, but it just, I don't know, it's just so, Man. 
this the authenticity of it so good just feels right the justin bieber episode oh, so good because because it was how long did it take you to figure out that they, that it, it was justin bieber it but they it happened to be presenting him as a black guy yeah. like, absolutely because because that's just bold it was, you just hear it and you're like wait did he what yeah he's like oh it's Justin Bieber. i kept waiting yeah. for them yeah. to for to me to figure out that it was just in biebs or yeah. something like but no that was justin uh, bieber you it know? was shot really cool because like they say justin bieber's coming you see this scene with this white guy beside this black yeah. guy you're like okay that's justin bieber and his friend and then when they reveal who he is you're like jesus christ man this is such a fucking good show and that celebrity game with mm-hmm. urkel in it yeah oh yeah jelly white <laughs> you also um one of my, my one of my favorite moments of the entire series is actually in the hallway when they're I love Paperboy the... taking off his shoe and throwing it yeah. like when they're wrestling on yeah. the floor. When they're preparing for the game and it's uh Lloyd who's an R and B singer and he's like um talking about how stupid Justin Bieber was and he's like, why are you being so hard on him, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just just growing, he's just living. Well, throughout the show, there's this thing where if you're beefing with someone I hate them. They're terrible. Yeah. And like throughout the show, there's a character saying to another character, he's not that bad. He's just doing the same thing you're doing. Like yeah. Darius, I feel like, has a few moments like that where he's just like, he just kind of keeps it real for, yeah. for his friend. I just thought it was so surprising and so good. Um, and I was, was going to ask you, uh, and this is maybe a weird question, because I'm like asking ask, you as like resident me. black man on the ask show. Me. But I noticed the way it was written. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't, it wasn't, it didn't offend me, mm-hmm. but it did strike me about halfway into it that like, all the white people are so weird. And it made me think, <sighs> is this, are white people weird with black people and they don't even know it? Yes. That is so funny but, to me. That was like but, a running but, joke because but, there was not a white person who didn't come off as like weird and having some forced interaction and thinking yeah. they were being your bro. And especially the, um, oh, the, 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 the father-in-law yeah, character, yeah. like, the fact that that guy retained his humanity as a character, as well as being a total caricature of the, o- the guy overstepping his boundaries, and like the comment, like later in the film when he's leaving and he's tr- wants to tell the guy off, but he says, "And stop being so likable." <laughs> <laughs> because but, it's, it's essentially... but it made me think, like, how often does that happen that I would just never know about it? Because I, I don't, I don't think I act that way with people, but I, yeah. I would not know if another white person was going up to someone and like trying to like buddy up about Africa and five percent of my interactions with white people are riddled with this like i need to show this person that i have some connection to black culture oh wow that's so crazy it's real high man so like when you meet somebody that just doesn't like purposefully do it or or just aware if you the problem is you can't check it as often as you want to check it because it happens so often Uh everybody does it everybody does it but it happens way less with good people (laughs) that's the thing (laughs) right everybody does it like it's it's something that like it's so I'm so aware of it that at this point I don't even like I'm out I'm at work and somebody will, okay so I I was ringing somebody up re, like when I was working at Apple and I think I might have told you this story where um I was like your change is fifty cents and he was like fifty cent pop pop shoot a motherfucker up a white person said this to me like just we don't know each other. This man's like 40 years old. I, we're not there where we can yeah. joke about 50 Cent shooting somebody. That is a representation of a lot of interactions that I have. <laughs> so, like, to be honest with you, this, I mean, sure, it's about a drug dealer, which is fucking weird. But it captures a lot of real interactions that I have with people. That's what I feel. And I did think to myself, <clears throat> is the fact that this is focusing on hip-hop and focusing on a drug dealer and all that, does that, is it another... It portrayal is. that's not quite like but it's a little one but isn't it also like 
authentic to a certain person. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like this is about real people. It's not about caricatures. Yeah. I, I know that wi The Wire got the same criticism for, like, presenting a wide variety of black characters, but most of them are involved in crime in some yeah. way. But I think that this show does something different. Like, because I would say that the way this show uses weed in particular is very much the way just weed, yeah, the weed for a certain age group and a certain people that are figuring out what they're doing with their life, weed's just kind of part of that scene. Or partying. Yeah. You go out to a club with your friend, they might bring a little something. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily necessarily like an, a racial the, thing but it does feel like it's part of this portrayal and i wonder if that might bother some people it does it did it did it did and it doesn't it always does yeah. just because it's not the fact that it is that it's the fact that every portrayal is that that there's not a portray there's not yeah, a ton of portrayals not. that aren't that if it, 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 it he could have easily just been a regular person that mm -hmm. that i don't know sold sneakers on ebay or something i'm just saying like it didn't necessarily have to be a drug dealer and sometimes you get a little, because you, you have things that you want to present to people, right? You want to say, hey, here's this thing that kind of reflects who I am as a person. Here's this thing, but like it's riddled with a thing that doesn't reflect you. Doesn't reflect me. I'm not a drug dealer. Mm -hmm. I was sure I grew up in a bad neighborhood, but I was not a drug dealer. I know a bunch of people that weren't. Mm -hmm. So when you see that and then every other time you see you on, on screen, that's who you are represented as yeah that's what fucks i can totally see that being weird it but i do think you. that the characters are relatable like yeah, even darius who could be seen as a total stereotype yeah. has a real life to him it's and he, and, he show, and there's depth to it you yeah. know so so i'd say of all the portrayals i've seen <laughs> this is one of the best i had a lot of fun watching it um but it did bother me but yeah. you know it's but isn't comedy <clears throat> a lot of times gonna be there like we were talking about it's always yeah. sunny earlier that's going to bother a lot of people. Like a lot of people are like the way South Park bothers people. Yeah, people just aren't going to yeah. like something that's politically incorrect in any sure. way. Yeah. And I think that maybe people could say, can't you do something that depicts a different way of life? But mm -hmm. I mean, like Atlanta in particular feels like we do get a taste of like, I think that the I can't I can't remember the character's name. What's the name of the um the wife? Uh, uh, Van. 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 Um, Vanessa. But yeah. Van is um, like, I feel like she's. I feel like if she'd had a little bit more to do in the season, it might have balanced out the yeah. more here's a regular person. Because then it would be more about how she's kind of juggling things with her husband. Right. Who was like, on another show, might be presented as kind of the dreamer. But on this show, we totally see like what a leech and a layabout and a, and a mooch he is. But to me, that doesn't feel like it's indicting anybody beyond just this guy. Yeah. This is a guy who we don't know why he quit school. We don't really know the full story of what happened think, with him. I think I have an idea. Well, I mean, but there's a mystery there that they can lean on. Like, yeah. they've got something to go forward with. I think there's some mental instability. I think that's going to be the reveal. Well, he does hang back like a guy who's trying not to lose his shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. When he's in a situation, he yeah. seems like he's trying not it to It seems like there's, there, there are times where he's like about to unravel. I'm like, eh, that's something. Well, I would say yeah. that maybe a lot of those concerns that I asked about and that you're saying are legit is like, Maybe that's because it's such a personal expression for Donald Glover. It feels right. like it gets past that. And whoever they were working with, like, I feel like Paperboy or Alfred, it's very, it just feels real. Like, I don't feel <clears> like at any point where you're watching a caricature. Like, that guy's got such life and he's so funny that him negotiating that maybe it's a stereotypical kind of storyline that they have him negotiating, but they're addressing that stuff in a different way, I think, than I've seen presented before. Yeah. And it does seem like ultimately they're going for a laugh. Like a lot of times it feels like it's going to go someplace really dramatic, but where it really ends up is with something almost surreal, or dream logic almost, or yeah, a yeah. laugh. And I think that's different from saying they're presenting like a bleak view of life. Right, right, yeah. But it is about a guy who's got no money. <laughs> 
I mean, the whole season, you know, like it's this guy can't catch like anytime he's up, he's he's down by the end yeah. of the episode. So I don't know. Very relatable. And I yeah. think it's relatable to a lot of people. There's a lot of people I know that happen to not be black that love the show. Yeah. So I, I think that Donald did something that feels very relatable, that mm-hmm. has these pieces of just interactions we've all had with people that feel very genuine, man. So I, I like it. That was actually my next pick. So you can skip around to All Steve. right, so Steve, that means you get... Okay, that means you'll go and then I'll go again. <laughs> this is the most was, confusing list order we've ever done. Literally, my next pick was yeah. Atlanta, so yeah. that's crazy. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to go with another show that is also uh, much like Game of Thrones on HBO, but a comedy that um, I think has been one of the most consistently funny shows on TV, and um, having, like, I think just recently won their first, like, comedic emmy i believe Mm. for comedy um which is veep um i think that it was a crucial season for veep because it i think they switched showrunners oh yeah from um what is it yanucci uh armando yanucci to david mandel who julia louis dreyfus worked with on seinfeld but and i think the misadventures or whatever that other show she had of, of christine or the new adventures of old christine um so it was really interesting to see a show like completely switch a showrunner and and writing crew and everything, and you wonder like when they're arguably at their highest, having just won an Emmy, like is this going to like be the demise of the show or the mark point where it starts to go downhill? But um, I honestly feel like this season is very much on par with the rest, if not better than seasons prior. Mm-hmm. I think just as a cast, I don't know that there's a better show on TV where the characters throughout the cast get enough of a story and enough of like their moment in the light mm. even though it's all about selena myers and like she's the the star of the show you know actors like um matt walsh matt walsh and, so good like yeah. it's just are so good on this so show good. and tony and, uh, hale Clums- tony hale um uh, uh gary gary, um, gary cole. cole oh my god gary i mean cole. insanely good like, like gary who cole, knew like he every, was so funny everything he does is hilarious on that so show good. because you, they set that character up like so many of those characters come in, I feel like I'm moving my hand in a no, very Kent fine. sort of way. No. no, but I feel like when I just say they set those characters up, that's the way. Kent, but the way they set yeah, him yeah, up Kent is, is almost, very much like he's that. like a heavy, he's a robot. He came in as almost like a, like yeah. a almost like a, an antagonist, and yeah. very quickly you, he just fell in with this group, and he's he, been absurd. Yeah, like his 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 obsession with Sue for a while. Sue, there. yeah. But it's just like they give these characters these. It's like this murderer's row of character actors that can that can deliver a line, and they are all ridiculously funny. Really good. And then you also have Julie Louis Dreyfus, like. Who is a powerhouse, man. She is insanely funny. She's so funny. And, like, so consistently drives this show. I think the thing that really makes it stick and stay interesting is the fact of, like, how each... You could take, like, two of the characters and, like, just examine how any two characters have a dynamic together. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's Matt Walsh and Gary Cole or Matt Walsh and Anna uh, Anna's character, you know what I mean? Like yeah. every they each every character has a relationship with every character in the show. Mm-hmm. They they're not like mutually exclusive. They don't exist in own, their own little bubbles where like they never cross paths. Yeah. And every character I feel like has had a storyline with every other character that has always resulted in something to me at least something hilarious mm-hmm. and awkward and uncomfortable and something you just would never want to be a part of. But it's I'm, I will always be first in line to watch it happen, mm-hmm. but yeah. like, don't ever put me in that situation kind of stuff. So and is there is there literally, I mean, if you're going to look at like top five like television stars ever, Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Absolutely. She's Absolutely. a fucking comedy ninja. She has to she be. Is. But it's like yeah. she has... She's in there. She gets... 
She sells everything. I just feel like we're getting so much of her aesthetic through that show. I yeah, feel like yeah. she is at the head of the, like whoever's running the show. It's the Julie Louis Dreyfus show. I guess I'm hinting at something kind of weird about comedy, which is there's like the weird sexism in comedy where women yeah. are not usually allowed to be as funny as men without being attractive first, right. or or the butt of the joke more, or the shrew, or the the henpecking wife or something. And I think that. As Selena Meyer, Julia Louis Dreyfus just blows that open. She's just she gets to do all the stuff that the boys get to do, and she does it funnier than anybody. Yeah, probably better. Yeah, yeah. Than, than most. But yeah, I just think like <clears throat> just the fact that it was such a crucial season for the show, coming off such a high, and to be changing hands, and like I said before, something that could have gone horribly, mm-hmm. it went great. And I'm, I feel like you know it's arguable, you know whether you know this may have been like one of the best seasons of the show mm-hmm. and i and i would probably lean towards arguing that in favor of it being one of my favorite seasons um it also took the story to a place that yeah. feels inevitable but it sets up a season like they could have ended the show where they Absolutely, a season ended yeah. easily but there is definitely a story to be told and they're getting into a part of the life of a politician that i don't think i've seen anybody yeah. dwell on before so yeah, so just veep, yeah. veep has definitely hit its stride and it, it seems to be going only better places so if you're looking for like a comedy where you could take a pick of a dozen characters and laugh mm-hmm. at equally any of them, I think it's I think it's on Veep. So, yeah. well, I would uh, say um, I feel bad that I didn't really think about Veep for some reason. I guess it happened early enough in the year. I yeah. knew there were shows I was forgetting about, but Veep and Silicon Valley—that's a great oh, hour. Yeah, that's a great hour. What a great, Oof. yeah, also I love a great that show. show man. Mm-hmm. But my well, my number—I think I'm doing my number two, and then we're get your one, mm-hmm. and then we're all on one, right? Then you'll do uh, your no. number two. Yeah. Then, okay. Yeah, yeah. My number two, then your number two, then your, then all of our number ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number two is also an HBO show, and the, it's similar to Narcos in that when I was thinking about putting this sh- this this show on the list, I was thinking about a particular performance. There was one central performance in this show that really, like, it's an actor that I've loved for a long time, and and this just reminded me all the things I used to love about this guy. But John Turturro as John Stone on the night of. I, I mean, you can look at the show and look at the story of the show, and I've heard some people complain about certain aspects, um, how certain characters might have been handled. But the character of John Stone, we've seen the down on his luck lawyer before, like the guy who's never gotten a big case and he just really wants this big this big case. But I don't think we've ever seen it dramatized with as much care as this. I don't yeah. think they've ever addressed why, like we have in this the attorney who who legitimately wants to do something right for a marginalized person. Like mm-hmm. all of his clients are people who, I mean, he's a, he's a kind of a, a cheap attorney, a kind of an ambulance chaser. And it just was appealing the way they showed his humanity and how he really cared about his clients in a way. And then this one particular case, the, the um, guy played by Riz Ahmed, uh, who the whole premise of the show is we're following him through his, you know, his night where you see him do everything wrong for a guy who's about to be accused of a crime. And the way we never really see the moment of the crime and we never really have the question answered for ourselves exactly what happened. Right. But the humanity of this kid who's being thrown into the system is so much at stake. And we see both dramatized how he fares in prison and how while he's waiting for his trial, his life is going wrong yeah. every step of the way. Yeah. And then we see John Stone, this guy who really is up against, I mean, he doesn't really know quite what he's getting into, quite what he's doing. Um, and he's got uh, psoriasis, I guess. Was that supposed to be? I think so, yeah. yeah. He's got a really bad case of psoriasis. Oh, his feet are crazy. It's, and it's gory almost, like what's going on with his feet. And he keeps going through different treatments. And there's a funny running gag where he goes to the pharmacy and Fisher Stevens, every time he's there, there's a new side effect he's got to take a new drug for because yeah. of the drug he's taking. And the way they developed his his uh, his affliction, 
his humanity and his relationship with a particular animal uh, yeah. in the story and how that becomes like a metaphor for the way he approaches his relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. This was for years. This was in development as a series for James Gandolfini. Oh, oh. And then he died and it was going to be... De Niro. De Niro. And that I think I think good. De Niro would have been good. Yeah. I think James Gandolfini would have been amazing yeah. playing this oh, sympathetic yeah. of a character. But John Turturro kind of toning down his theatrics a little bit yeah. and doing a real guy who's funny. Like in the show, he's a funny, lovable guy who's like improvising through life with all bunch of shit up against him. I loved it. I love that character. And yeah. I, 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 that was another one I kind of shotgunned. I didn't watch it. And then I, I watched all eight episodes in the space of a, a week or something. And I actually watched it twice. I turned around and got Nikki to watch it and watched it again. And it, it, good. it definitely, I definitely liked it. I even watched the original when it's not oh. as good as the night. Oh, of. that's right. I need to. Yeah. I need to Criminal maybe dig Justice. Into that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty solid, but the night of is where it's at. Man. Mm-hmm. And it's the pinnacle of that HBO production value too. Yeah. And it's another HBO Michael man. K. Williams uh, performance. That's yeah. really solid. Oh, Jesus, great, great man. character. Yeah, he was great. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the night of. So now you're number two, Steve. My yeah, my fourth pick. I'm not. Yes. Remember, I did not order them. In Stranger <laughs> Things. Um, uh, just to bring that up now, I mean, I've talked about that show quite a bit on this podcast that, you know, basically it hit every possible <clears throat> note for me mm-hmm. in terms of entertainment and just like, um, not only just tapping into the nostalgia of like what we associate a lot of what we hear, I think, especially the three of us like associate a lot of the things we loved with like eighties adventure and sci-fi and you know, the Amblin era and mm-hmm. things like the Stephen King stuff that it touches on, which is what a lot of people criticize it for, that it relied too heavily on that. But I would argue that what I really loved about the show was more about the the family dynamics and the and the togetherness that like the characters kind of grew to have throughout the series. And uh, you know, just kind of caring about people, you know, uh, like these kid actors who usually it can go horribly wrong, you know, relying to on a kid to to carry a show, mm-hmm. but um, I think so they were. I think they were pretty successful in who yeah, they cast yeah. in the show, especially um, with Millie Bobby Brown as Eleven. She seems to be really enjoying her moment. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. I think that I love that, especially when it's a kid and they've just got this confidence. I don't right, know. There's right. something about that that's so appealing to me. She she was like, "When I get famous, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the ground running. Keep yeah. this going." And, it, and she's doing it, and it, in a way that's really pretty nice. It's mm-hmm. nice to see people. She seen every interview. It seems like she's having. The best time. All of them seem like they're having the best time. It's a great show. It's, it, it, I've never felt that way about a TV show. In that in that genre of mystery surrounding this thing that's happened in this yeah. area, this mysterious girl. They've got a neat. They're in a neat spot right now. I, yeah. I think where they go next, it could be. I mean, I'm not expecting it to be a letdown. I'm just saying there's so many things they could do with the next season. Right. I wonder what their concept for it is. Because I heard them say that it was supposed to be sort of like another story with these characters rather than a direct continuation of right. like exactly what's going on I in the like last that. episode. But you still have certain things hanging over, like like Will and his whatever's going on with him. And obviously we need to know Eleven, what's going on with her. and So there's all these different things going on that they can pick up with. But I hope that it's not just... The next day. Like, yeah. I would hope that it's like you kind of catch up and you realize what's happened in the last year yeah. or something like that. I feel like, like it will be something like that. Well, because they got to deal with the aging yeah, of the kids. Absolutely. I wonder if they shot anything that's going to be a flashback. I wonder if they shot, if they thought ahead Fire. and shot like a, a, a scene. That'd be cool. That, I'm, you know. Be, be pretty I really do wonder that. how much they knew in advance. Do you know what I mean? That, that That's what I was going to, the other thing I wanted to say was, it's that Netflix thing where it did, it was not a show that had a lot of buzz going into it. It was kind of that show that like, we all saw a trailer. You know, it was one of the first 
truly sensational shows that Netflix has had. I mean, they've had House yeah. of Cards, they've had The Orange, but I mean, these are shows they've put a lot of promotion into. This was the one of the first one, if not the truly the first one, where they put a few trailers up online. There was not a lot of buzz around the show. Mm-hmm. You know, people that really follow Netflix's releases maybe were talking about it like we were. And like love the trailer and love the you know the title. How, how long in advance did that trailer come out though? It, it wasn't, wasn't that much. It wasn't that much. It was like a month, I want to say, yeah. a month and change. And it was a what's this? It wasn't like a oh, it's that show you've been exactly. hearing about. It's a what's this? And that was what I was trying to say is that it's like one of the first truly successful shows that Netflix has done that to that truly took over like the summer. Yeah. You know, it was the it show did. that everybody talked about. Everybody. It's a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, love it or hate it. It was on yeah. Eleven clips. was probably one of the most Halloween costume characters, cosplay, yeah. you know, it, it hit the mainstream. It was Eleven versus Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. those as two. As I and tell. I think you mentioned that before. Yeah. It's like, and I don't think Netflix has experienced that for Ever. the shows that yeah. they, you know, it's one of those genre shows that they had they put out, but it totally caught on. Yeah. Because of things, like I said before, it hit like the, these nostalgic beats. But I also just truly think that it has like a sense of community inside that show yeah. that you want to be inside of. Yeah. You know, the school, the kids, Barb, Steve, like there's all these little side characters, like whether you love or hate them. And how well do you know your genre when you cast Sean Astin and Paul Reiser for season two? Yeah. It's so fun. No, the casting have so announcements have been, it. yeah, it's been, it's been funny They're to hear that. It. They're yeah. on it. Is it coming out in 2017? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming probably summer or. Are they doing eight summer. episodes again? I don't know. So that feels right. I can't remember. Yeah. Can't remember. But I mean, I you know I don't know that I like I said I don't know that I ranked my shows. But if there was a show this year that just like, yeah, I've watched the season three times. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you know, I, I love that show so yeah. much. Like it is everything that I love about movies. You know, the sucker for the coming of age, the kid, the the sci-fi, the adventure, the horror. It's all that to me, and like a. In a show, and I just I fucking love that show so much. Mm. I'm not saying it's the best show out there, like the most well made show. Anything, I'm not putting it up against some of the other shows that we've mentioned earlier, which are, you know, we're not gonna, you can't compare it to like you know the the craft of something like Game of Thrones or like you know the people versus or you know or even the writing of Atlanta. It's not like in that thing, but. Me, pure joy watching a television show, 2016, it was Stranger Things. Yeah. Stranger Things has had the biggest cultural impact of yeah. any show. It's did. like, it's got to be the show of the year, like in yeah. terms of, you, can't you know, it's on else. a level of, of buzz. Like, you know, you're talking about things like Game of Thrones and Walking mm-hmm. Dead. Mm-hmm. People were talking about, and Stranger Things has been off, it, it, it came out in the beginning of the summer. And the, and it's still a relevant topic. You'll still yeah. see trending news stories that's on where the your binge social model, media. I think that's one of the symptoms of the binge model is that it's there to wait for it. It never so goes you, away. You're going to have that. I'm late to the party on this, but I just yep. watched it. Right. Exactly. And now Watch that we've all, all now that we've all Watch seen it. it, it's like there can be this conversation. It's yeah. not like oh, don't talk about this. Sure. You know? Exactly. One of the best intros for a oh, TV God. show I have mm-hmm. ever seen in my life. It is the best. Now that I think about it, yeah. is that in the Mad Men. Yeah. The Mad Men oh, yeah. beginning yeah. gets me every time, but this the did opening sequence is yeah, so good. So I like the way the Atlanta titles were always part of the scene; they always integrated yeah. into true. the scene. That That's was true. cool. Uh, yeah. Man seeking woman. I need to watch that show. I've never seen that show. I, 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 it always looks funny. I tried watching like an episode, and I don't know if I just wasn't focused or. Well, in the, the commercials mood. always look funny to me, just because the gag of what they're doing always seems like. Well, it's yeah. cool that someone's doing that, but I don't know if if it works beyond a thirty second commercial. It's or like. Not. 
This is the Jay Bear show. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like about the right thing. Bobby's World for adults. Right. Like, okay. Right. <laughs> but the, the thing is, like, the first episode is hard to watch just because of the subject matter. I think that's why I had trouble. But then it gets really fun, man. Okay. And then they I feel have like Bobby's World comes up <laughs> fairly regularly on this show. This is, it is a masterpiece. It's a measuring stick. It Wasn't it like... when you were doing your Gollum impression? Weren't we saying <laughs> yeah, it, it sounded kind of like it sounded like Bobby? Bobby. <laughs> um, so let's uh, take a deep breath, Ronald. Your right. number one, your best show of the year. Look, tearjerkers. I don't. I don't fuck with them. I don't oh, like shit. them a lot. They bother the wow. hell out of me. You and went all in. I went all in, man. Oh, and look, I'm putting all my tokens in. This is us. Is my show, my favorite show this year, for a bunch of reasons. Um, somebody said to me that that it feels like you know, like it, it draws comparisons to Parenthood, and it has like the showrunner is the same person. I think I I don't know that for sure, right, but right. It, it, it feels, feels like, very it much feels like very much like it. It's NBC too, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And um, there's something about the feel of this show that I think is so relatable and despite the fact that you know this thing is purposefully there to manipulate the shit out of you <laughs> i fall for it every time i'm like look you made me cry last week i'm going in i'm gonna try it again and then it does the same thing to me man this show does something with relationships and friendships and family oh, and that i just haven't yeah. seen in the show it's like the cheese that we all need yeah right now in the, like in the it, rev- it's that it's that sentimental thing yeah that's so heavy that i feel like we all just need to feel yeah need the, to feel that feeling the less you know about it the better yeah because the reveal in the first episode is so rewarding it makes you realize how good this show is at hiding things and revealing things and is it a 22 in. episode season type show or is it like yeah, a it, shorter it, order I'm not. I don't know. I know it, they're on their mid-season. Yeah. It's mid-season. It's mid, it's it comes a, back in January. Is, okay. Oh my god. Okay, yeah. so it's about twelve in right now. Okay, so it's probably a twenty-two probably. episode order. Okay. Yeah, this is a, it's a good show, man. Um, That's a demanding thing, though. A twenty-two is, episode hour-long season. It is demand emotionally demanding as well. Um, <laughs> See, but, I, lo- I I have my heart beats a little bit faster for Mandy Moore. Am I gonna like? Am I gonna like her on the you show? You will. The problem is they age the shit out of her at some of it, and mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of. I will say that Aaron, my wife, her least favorite thing about the show is Mandy Moore. Oh, really? that's and I am constantly defending Mandy the, Moore to her. My least favorite. Person, You're a fellow Mandy Moore booster. I'm a, oh, absolutely, yeah. John. Obviously, the, okay. the sister Kate. <laughs> the sister Kate is the least favorite. I think I Kate cannot is... stand her, man. Uh, well, because because like I think they need to reel it in with how mean she is she's yeah i, I get where you're they going need to reel it in, I, but I see I get what it. you're saying i get, I see it, what I get you're it. saying they need to reel it in because i feel like she's going on this like tear of just being an asshole she has like the most obvious confliction in life yes but the way that thus far she's addressed it is very repetitive yes and like it, it's almost becoming like worn out to me we're mm-hmm. like kevin the other brother he's growing his story, which seemed the least interesting to me, over the last three episodes, his story has kind of become more interesting. Justin Hartley, of Passions fame. Can yeah. we? Do, My mom like knew him from a soap opera. Passions. Oh, Passions. Oh, okay. Passions. Is, I didn't know that was a soap opera. It, it is a. It is a soap opera that combined normal drama with magic. Oh, wow, perfect. There were elves. There were spells. There were. I heard my mom was, was into that. But. Yeah, and he he was he's an arrow now or something like that. Oh, okay. But yeah, man. Passions well, let's just circle back. Yeah, the circle the back. real revelation is again Sterling K. Sterling K. Randall Randall's story on This Is Us 
if if you don't feel every possible feeling yeah. on the scope of human emotions, you know you're about to. If yeah. you watch yeah. This Is Us and have to um, experience Randall's story and his wife, man, yeah. his wife. Yeah. So he's just going through a, a a lot of things, and he has one of the most supportive wives, and yeah. not even in a corny way, in a very real way, yeah. one of the most supporting people. You can only hope. That you meet somebody half as supportive as oh, this absolutely. woman. Um, it's just a really cool show that doesn't feel like it's too far from reality. Um, one of the people is famous in in the context yeah. of the show, but it still doesn't feel like it's so far fetched that you can't relate to it. And this is us is my my show of this year, man. I would definitely put that. That was in my honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. I think I I definitely. It's as having been a fan of Parenthood. I love that show. You're absolutely, and I, you know, we talked about this earlier. Right, right. It definitely kind of hits those uh, experiences that you had if you had ever watched Parenthood, which is a great show. If mm-hmm. you haven't watched, go back and watch it, especially if you love this show. Um, but I will say, not being a father, not having a child, the uh, the father character um, Milo Ventimiglia, Ventimiglia, that guy, yeah, Hero, heroes, dude, <laughs> hero, yeah, yeah, heroes. Um, <laughs> His character Jack, the father, like the patriarch of this family. Yeah. If I ever wanted to be a father, I feel like that is like what I want to be as a father. Yeah. Like I have heroes. I look up to my dad. I have perspective on what fatherhood is from the men around me, yeah. and even like yeah. seeing my friends like John and my friend like they have children and what they do with their kids. I have things that I aspire to be, but the way they have that character in the show, the karate episode, it's so. Don't even get me started on the push-ups, Ronald. I don't want to cry on there. I was like, I can't <laughs> This may be the first episode that two-thirds of us start crying <laughs> Man, while we're recording. Well, the last time you guys raved about a show that I then went and watched was Southland. Oh, right. Oh, my right. God. So, like... Heads up, though. Yeah. Other end of the spectrum. <laughs> no, I know. But this still, is total, I'm just saying... This is I'm total... sitting here feeling like they're going to make me watch this show, and yeah. I'm probably going to get sucked into You're it. You're going to get sucked into it. Because I know other people that love it, too. It doesn't seem like... Yeah. It yeah. Seem, it's not quite full-on water cooler, but I think it's it seems to be there for a it's, lot of you're people. You're right. Yeah. It is. Because it does seem burn. like people are saying, oh my God, did you watch last yeah. night? And there's yeah. a lot every, of like, every cried week. so hard. It's you know? becoming that. It's becoming that. It's a slow burn. I feel like it took a little while for it to spread. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now that it's starting to spread, people are talking about... I, I see this. This is happening a lot more. There are a lot of people, because there's so many shows, there are a lot of Facebook posts like, hey, which, show should, which shows should I be watching? Mm-hmm. Right. And every time two or three people say, this is us, watch it immediately. <clears throat> Have some tissue with you if you're a crybaby. Mm-hmm. If you're not a crybaby, still can have some tissue. It's one of those shows, man. So, uh, Sterling K. Brown's two shows this year that are just he's acting his ass off. And I don't know where he had been prior to this. Like, I'd seen him in stuff before. Yeah. He, his look changes a little bit between roles, like mm-hmm. some of the roles I've seen him in, but. Yeah, man, he's 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 next up, and I hope that he gets some movie roles along the way too. So he he is the true. Uh, he's the truth in of the show. TV of the TV season of 2016. He is like the standout to me. Yeah, you cannot deny you going man. playing Chris Darden and going to play this character Randall and This Is Us. Like, yeah, in terms of range, I mean, there's a humanity to both those characters. I think that there's like a through point, a through line for. Yeah. But um, he is. He's amazing. He's so good. I, I love that actor, and I love his character. I didn't realize it was... You You, you watch the show, and you're like, who is the star of this show? Right. Then you keep watching, like, oh, 
Oh, this guy, because he's fucking killing it yeah. every scene. And, and and what's really cool is a guy that, that comes from Passions. Um, Justin Hart. Uh, Justin Justin Hartley. Yeah. Um, it's nice because it's it's actually, it's almost like they cast him because of the passions thing. His his character parallels to this character because he's in this show called The Manny where he plays a a a, a nanny with the shirtless, mm-hmm. and he's kind of he's the, he was the exact same thing on Passions. He's his shirt was off constantly. He was kind of uh, even in the show that was very much a parody of regular soap operas was the butt of the jokes he could he was considered not the good actor in the situation to have this show kind of play on that and him showing his range on this show mm-hmm. god damn man it's a it's a solid show and and if it's great I, yeah. i'm a big fan yeah so i don't know i need that's, to check it out yeah you should definitely watch it john um i guess i'll get to my number one this is going to be a little anticlimactic uh because i've I loved this show for its first season, but I loved it again for the second year. Cool. I think a lot of it has to do with the central performance. Uh, that seems to be a strong theme for me. Yeah. There's these yeah. shows. There's these great showcases for actors who might not normally get that showcase at a certain point in their career. And mm. I think what Better Call Saul is for Bob oh, Odenkirk so good, and for Jonathan Banks and for uh, Ray Seahorn, uh, who, who plays Kim on the show, like it's a, it's a great cast. But having always loved Bob Odenkirk... It's so rewarding to see him given something, something to chew on yeah. that goes way beyond what you might have expected when they said they were going to do a show about Saul Goodman yeah. from Breaking Bad. I now think of that guy as Jimmy, not Saul. <laughs> and I'm no longer like waiting for the moment where he turns into Saul. Yeah. I think I have my theory right now is that this show is about how he never becomes Saul that Saul is always just an act. Like, I don't yeah, know when yeah, they're yeah. going to dovetail with it, but I think, because they've alluded to the potential that we never really saw what Saul was doing when he wasn't around Walter White and Jesse Pinkman and Gus Fring. I just love what these guys are doing with this show. I love the way they expanded the idea of what the spinoff could be to the point where now I'm, yeah. I'm more interested in Jimmy McGill yeah. than I was in Walter White. How did that happen? I think it's because with Walter White, we always knew this was a story of a guy who's going to burn everything down. Yeah. With Jimmy McGill, we don't know that. Yeah. We don't. We don't. I don't think we're going to see him lose his humanity. I think it's more about how you juggle the scene, the times where you have to lose your humanity to get shit done with still being a person. I think that's such a mature idea. Yeah. It feels like a very mature show. I hear it lumped in a lot with the sort of toxic masculinity yeah. male antihero show, and I just don't think it's that at no. all. No, no, no. Um, and if you look at the Mike side of the equation, Jonathan Banks is playing a character who's so mournful, and we know how he ends, and it was always sort of a sad way to see it end for that character uh, from Breaking Bad, but to see his story and the pain he was dealing with and just yeah. what was going on with him, it's just a really cool premise for a show. I've heard Bob Odenkirk say that they have a five-season plan, and that if they get, he said, if they get to the end of their fifth season, you'll see what, what they're trying to do. Because hmm. okay. the show does have this other little thing is that both seasons have started with a vignette set in the present day, set after Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. So it opens the door. They could eventually shift over to that timeline and spend an episode after Breaking Bad. Yeah. And that's the... I mean, you know, we, we, we got movies doing this prequel thing or sequel thing. Uh, it's rare for a television show to have the opportunity to both be a prequel, a sidequel, you know, telling stories that are happening during Breaking <clears throat> Bad mm-hmm. and getting around to revealing after Breaking Bad. 
the one thing they've created is this sense that you want to see Jimmy McGill get his mojo back. You don't want to see him living this this life of fear yeah. of being basically in witness protection program. Not he's not in witness protection, but he basically he you know started over. He left town at the end of Breaking Bad. He right. says he's going to be managing a Cinnabon in <laughs> Omaha, and that's in fact what he's actually doing. Yeah. So it's a guy who's had these greater days and these days of glory and pulling off schemes, and now he's trying to lay low and he's afraid somebody that Walter White pissed off is going to come kill him, you know. Yeah. They can they can tell the story of that guy going forward as well as the guy who's in the past, the guy who has yet to become the Saul Goodman we know. Just a really interesting show, and I expect them to handle it with a lot of depth because they did it on Breaking Bad. They got yeah. to the end without losing the way, without losing their core their core concept. I totally forgot that they came out in 2016. I think cuz I I think because it was early in the it year. Was because of it's you. It's like a February thing. Yeah, it was because of you that I sat down and watched all of them and I'm like processing it while I'm like, "All right, I watched the first three and this is happening." But yeah, for some reason I didn't think that it happened this year and it did. Man, that's I missed an opportunity to put that on my list cuz that's high <laughs> up there. It's it is one of just well made. Well made. I think it's better in a lot of ways than Breaking Bad, just it because still... it, it leaves more space. Because who Walter White is, is just kind of a reckless guy, a bull in a china shop kind of dude, mm-hmm. after a while. And there's a lot more nuance. And... Jimmy's got more compassion yeah, than Walter yeah, White ever had. Yeah, it's yeah. A lot, he's a lot more delicate about how he handles situations, even when he takes extreme measures. So I think it's kind of cool to see a man navigate who doesn't, have violence as an answer right. for everything. Oh, the way he talks his way out of, he talks his way yeah. into and out of problems. And every few episodes, they give, he's, you know, Jimmy needs to disguise himself or play a new role. And they give, it's a gifted sketch actor getting a chance to do something right. sketchy, but in a dramatic framework yeah. where the consequences are real. It's, cool, it's, yeah, it's a really, really neat show. And I think one day, it's another one I think people will look back at. And I hope it, it grows outside the shadow of Breaking Bad. Me too. Um, just because I think that it does, it can be richer, kind of what you're saying. It can be a richer story because it's not a story of a guy who started out kind of small-minded and petty and he's just going to burn everything down. He's going to he's going to become evil. We don't know what this guy becomes, you know? Right, right. And we thought we did, but that's the cool thing. Like, yeah. I expected this to almost be a sitcom yeah. when they said they were doing a spinoff with Saul Goodman. I was so disappointed. It's like, I don't know. It's like, oh, really? You're going to do that? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it doesn't mess with, like, the, the perfection of the end of Breaking Bad. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So Better Call Saul. And I, the reason I said it was a little anticlimactic for me to pick this one is because I do a podcast about this show. So obviously I love it. <laughs> right. But if you want to check out, uh, it's called uh, Saul Searching, and it'll probably be back when the season three of Better Call Saul comes on. Cool. So there's my number one. What's yours to close us off, Steve? You know, this is kind of a, I don't want to say controversial pick, because I think this <laughs> is the, this is, this is the sh- this is a piece of work that has a chance of, um, no chance, actually, it will kind of fall into two buckets. Um, some will view this as a TV series and some will view it as a, a, as a documentary film. Ah. And um, I think it deserves to be considered for both. And that um, <laughs> is the five-part, eight-hour Ezra Edelman uh, OJ series called OJ Made in America. <laughs> um, I actually watched this literally like a week ago. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, 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 it still has like shaken me up. Like I'm still thinking about this show every day. I keep hearing that. And when I first heard about it, I was like, how can there be an eight, an eight hour documentary? I mean, I'm not doubting it. I'm just saying like, I said, my first thought was like, really? How can it be eight hours? But everyone says, because it's not about the, so I I waited to mention (laughs) it because like we talked about the American crime story. And I kind of hinted at it. People versus, yeah, 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 the documentary. Yeah. 
Um, so that in talking about the, sh- the, the the court case, this is so fucking epic in terms of the <laughs> scope, in terms of looking at culture, the lacking part from that series, mm. the impact the trial had on culture and, and race relations and all this stuff. But what he does that I think is like truly magical and to frame out this story and to say I need eight hours to tell the story, mm-hmm. he talks about race in America. He talks about mm-hmm. O.J. Simpson and um, image making and almost like, you know, there's conversations in it like turning your back on your race so that you don't have to say something, you know, in a way that makes it finite about how you feel about something. Right. You know, when he was becoming this star. And then in the, you know, when the whole murder happens you know basically how it was used as a way to get back at you know corrupt cops and like the way the los angeles police were treating african-americans and it was just like it's so well done and i mean i'm not trying to say that i'm naive at all i feel like i have a pretty good understanding on what is happening in our world you know i try to be i try to be aware and i try to read and not be an idiot and like mm-hmm. get perspective on life and like get outside of my comfort and my bubble that I live in, I guess. But what this filmmaker has done to really kind of show like the in-betweens of these, of these cracks, you know, like uh, wherever you plot OJ's life out on a, on a timeline mm-hmm. of being a Heisman trophy winner, to being a star NFL record breaker, to being a TV star, I mean a TV movie star uh, a commercial actor, whatever it is, and to also being a alleged murderer, you know, and then what happens to him after that trial? There are so many. Like it's, just, I don't, I don't even know. I, yeah. I maybe you can. Have you seen it? Yeah. So maybe Twice. help me, help me frame it a little more. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just wowed at the way that there is a bookend to this eight hour thing that gave me perspective on race relations in this country that I don't think I really ever got. In, in watching wow. any other movie, yeah. documentaries about, you know, the civil right. I don't know. Like, I, and not to sound like dumb, but I mean, or glib even. Like, I just feel like. Why start worrying about it now, Steve? <laughs> right. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I just feel like, because it's something that I reference so easily in thinking about that trial. Yeah. And thinking about Rodney King and thinking about sports and athletes yeah. and using celebrity to further a call you didn't know that could give you another epiphany or another angle on that you know what i mean like <laughs> right. it sounds yeah. almost like yeah. you were sort of Absolutely. surprised i was by it. like gen- yeah. gen- genuinely and admittedly like that's great i just think that the way they frame his life around the social factors that were influencing it yeah. and also benefiting from it and then also like i don't know like using him as a means to to get justice. I mean, like yeah. it really, it really hits hard on that. Mm-hmm. And I think the interviews that this guy was able to get are jaw dropping. Yeah. I mean, like uncomfortably asking a juror, did you, did you vote this way as payback for Rodney King? Yeah. And somebody saying yes. Wow. <laughs> and not even like, like not even, hesitating. not even being like, no, well, I don't want to say this. Yes, thing. absolutely. I would have done it again. But, I think but, the, but then he, the, the thing he does, though, like with that example, is he comes back to that same juror later mm. in the later episode and, and, and has her confront that decision. And I think that's challenging, like to say, yeah. you know, and, and for that woman, you know, the, this specific character or this uh, juror, rather, that he comes back to that that moment where she basically said, like, yes, mm-hmm. like it's payback. And, and she's like and like she's kind of like proud of it. 
But then, like, you come back later on, and he's talking about what happened to OJ after the fact and mm. what he did, like, for black people and, like, what he, like, how he basically, like, like embraced you to only get through this horrible thing that I, I personally, like, believe he absolutely killed these people. Right. Like, to only become, like, a horrible representation of, like, your culture and, 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 and what you, like, embraced, you know, to mm -hmm. say, like, you've done us wrong, let him free and he comes back to that juror in a later episode of the series and makes it really uncomfortable for her and like and i like that he challenged the yeah. interviewers and you don't really hear his voice in like literally hear his voice in any of these interviews mm -hmm. but there are certain moments where he asks these like really fucking hard questions you can see it in their faces and and, and, and they're just you like see. genuinely like fuck i didn't <coughs> think you were gonna ask me that and yeah. they leave his voice in there yeah. so you hear the timing of their reaction which i love and it's yeah. not just a talking heads thing. Like, you hear that question of, like, and he asked Mark Furman a question. You know, like, are you, a, are, are you, did you, did you use that word? You know, are you a racist? And, you know, and, and just seeing, like, somebody sit in that chair willingly being interviewed. And, and the fact that you hear the interviewer asking the question, so you're able to gauge the response immediately. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't have 10 seconds or a minute to sit and formulate a response. Yeah. You see their immediate reaction to those biting questions that you don't really hear asked too often yeah. yeah it is amazing and i'll tell you guys right now it will also be on my top list of films for the year oh shit. but literally like i am <laughs> completely blown away by this series mm -hmm. like it's, and it's... i've listened to many podcasts like i've tried to find podcasts where he's been interviewed about the series about even like how it came up and you know being approached by espn to do an oj thing and him saying like you know i don't want to do the same oj thing that, that's always been done. And this is before the Ryan Murphy series had mm -hmm. even started, you know, and, and not, not, not beating American crime story to TV. Like it came out after, yeah. you know, kind of being the second thing when really like they already had it going for a while, Yeah. but being this eight hour epic thing, you know, it, it took a while to make, but you know, ESPN just saying like, you know, just do what you think it is. And like, they gave him more money and gave him more time. And, just listening to it, like he's a super smart guy. Like I was blown away by listening to his interviews about how he approached trying like his idea to frame the story that everybody quote unquote knows. And I am a subject that is saying right now, like I don't know anything mm -hmm. until like I had perspective watching this, right, right. this show. Like I just, you know, I'm just, I don't know, man, I was blown away by it. And I think it's like required viewing Okay. Like, don't even, like, fucking forget about sports. Forget about who OJ is. Like, yeah, yeah. it just required viewing to understand what is wrong with, like, so many things in our lives that we don't see. Like, we, like, I don't see every mm -hmm. day. Yeah. And it makes me feel horrible to know that this shit is, like, real, mm -hmm. be happening still. Yeah. And, you know, he is, like, he is such a tragic figure of American culture. And he is a perfect example, though unfortunately, of what's wrong, what it does, and... Like how damaging it is. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and not yeah. just to the person. But to our culture. To the people that embrace that person as, yeah. like, a member of their culture, of a member of society, a member of the sports world, or of the, whatever, Hollywood, of everything. Like, wow. Like, it will blow your mind, John. Okay. It's it good. will blow your mind. It's it, really it is so well made. It's not dramatic as, like, maybe American Crime Story. I know about the end, though. Like, the stuff at the end. Like, what he did afterwards. Yeah. You, OJ? Like, what got him in prison? <sighs> yeah. No, 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 no. That's, no. Oh. The the TV show shit that he did. The, like, react. That, yeah. That, like, 
You've been OJ'd and all that shit. Oh, like how he'd go film these like gorilla style things on the street. Man, my brain. I was like, what? Like he'd go, he'd be selling orange juice. Man, OJ he's selling it on the I street. I didn't even hear about. I don't even remember that, man. He whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Okay, so I'll I'll say how I feel about. Okay, so super weird because I think it's it's really rough to hear. A lot of people saying the same thing about a person mm-hmm. and not having to be kind of countered with something else, mm-hmm. but there's some validity to it. There's some validity to some of the some of the things that people are saying about it in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was balanced enough, given the subject. They did pick a lot of people. I kind of wish they would have picked more of his teammates. Kind of wish they would have picked. I mean, if they're alive, not to be yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, but or if they were frightened. Of the the ramifications, because it 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 seems like it runs really deep, man. Mm-hmm. Like the I just think they did. A, I, I mean, I I I agree with you. Like yeah. I just think that you're already saying this is an eight hour show. Yeah. So like you know like <laughs> how much more? I think what they were like what he was trying to accomplish was like having. I know that and listening to these interviews, like he tried to get he tried like people from his out. families and like some people from like some of the sporting teams that like but they just like yeah. literally like I don't want to be involved with this. It, he he. I I gotta be honest, man. It's crazy that he found enough people that didn't just outright say "fuck this dude" during the course of yeah the interviews, which is crazy. I mean, I don't know if they were like he was just like give your opinion and try not to put as much. But it's interesting that he got as many interviews as he did, and they weren't just slanderous, the worst, because they were they were in a way kind of like he is this thing. Very specific. There's a recurring message about who they think he is during the whole thing mm-hmm. the whole eight episodes very very obvious how these people feel about him see i don't know that i agree with that like i feel like I, so? well, entirely only because i feel like the people that they had interviewed <clears throat> before he became like heisman trophy winner oj simpson yeah like his his friends from his childhood like I feel like the way that the, really bad for the, the way those interviews were like laid out in the first few episodes, like when before you even care about him yeah. being an NFL star, you care you're learning about like his upbringing and like the culture he grew up yeah. in and like his family, his his dad, like some revelations about his father that oh weren't even really known. I didn't even know that. Any right, of me either. Blew and my mind. Yeah. Like I feel like at that point of the story, <laughs> when they're talking to these people, yeah. they're talking about him as they knew him then. Yeah, you know. And yeah. as it goes through his life and those stages get hit, I feel like you can markedly hear their opinions of him change. Okay, so I think I know what I think I know what I was trying to say. Okay. I think they hit on too many people that knew him after he got famous. After okay. a point. Okay. Like I say like the fourth I gotcha. episode. Yeah. They just kinda harped on the people that were like, Yeah, I hung out with OJ. He was this sort of person. Yeah. And I don't know if I don't know if they captured enough of the spectrum of who he was mm. like so much as he was a dick face man i mean like it's he it's, truly did seem like one yeah, it's, not, it's really crazy <laughs> so so like i'd say that if it's a companion it almost feels like and a, that's not even the worst thing yeah, about him it feels like a companion piece to the people versus Gen- oj genuinely, so if you yes. watch both of these that's actually what i was yeah kind of hinting at when we were when i was talking about it like watching 18 both, hours of oj <laughs> So much OJ, but it, it is worth it, man. If you, which one you think you should watch first? Well, well, the, like the thing I think the unique thing about the OJ uh, Made in America is mm. that it's as much about OJ, in my opinion, mm. as it is about the society America. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Genuinely, like I feel like he's done a great job 
of framing this story around O.J. Simpson for how known that story is. But the unknown story is like really what's more interesting to me mm-hmm. in this documentary. So, I mean, it's it's as much of a character. And like the people that he gets to these interviews with, they're as much about the character yeah. as like O.J. Simpson actually is. It runs deep, man. It runs deep. Like what, whatever it is that he sought out to do, he did. He did. It, it's almost like he set out to become a person that he wasn't in his prior upbringing. And then once he became it, it came with a, an, an ultimate sacrifice, which was kind of... I just... What was his identity? Like, I, did, I don't know what he thought he was, man. Like, it's, well, he, he, he was that statue. He, he, yeah, genuinely. He was that statue yeah. at the end of the... He, he genuinely, like, there's, I mean, I think it's in both of these series, at some point, there's a quote of, like, I'm not black, I'm not white, I'm OJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like yeah. and that's it. I mean, like, that's, that's it. what it is. Yeah. There's, like, a clear delineation of, like, in a point in his life where he realized how his celebrity and his fame were trying, in his mind, were trying to be used, like, like Ali and, and Jim Brown did, and, like, these sports figures did, you know, to, um you know, kind of bring up ideas of, of, of racial injustice. Mm-hmm. And he like made a decision of not being involved with that yeah. because he was not, like he says, I was not, I'm not black. I'm OJ. Like, and that is like, that is such a hard thing to get my head around. Like, yeah. cause I don't, I, I never had that knowledge. Like mm-hmm. I never knew that they, that he was, that he could have and should have, or could have been like a figure, you know, for that cause, and like, and he never was. Like, he literally went the complete opposite direction of that. And um, to circle back to that scene in uh, Crime Story, like when they go in his house and they're like, "We need to make him look like he's embraced by the black community." And like, the majority of the photos that he chose to have in his house are like him with all these rich white guys, yeah. and that's the life he lived. Like in Rockingham, like these this mansion that he lived in. He wasn't, I mean, even his friends, like, from when he was younger, like, that were still friends with him then, he wasn't that person, yeah. you know, anymore. I, I, it's it's a crazy... There's a lot of interesting things to talk about, and, yeah. like, you know, like I'm saying, like, I want to know more about anything in life, and I just feel like, and it may not be a complete picture, and it's like, there's obviously things missing from yeah, it. Yeah. Like, I wish they could have interviewed his first wife, uh, you know. I, that, I was hoping. Yeah, that, that would have been really interesting to hear more about him at that point, but... um. It's just like an eye opener. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it creates some it, it dialogue. It's an insane man. story. It yeah, is. that makes me just aware, and that's like success in film. No, I got, yeah, yeah. got to see it. Obviously, yeah, you have to see it. It's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's it's really good. Um, it's funny. It kind of blends into the people versus OJ for me. Just it felt like yeah. the same. I felt like I. It was mandatory watching. Like yeah. I had to watch both of those things. Mm-hmm. It's, I love ESPN documentaries also. Oh, so yeah, they, 30 they for 30s? there's a oh, there's yeah. a quality that's <clears throat> that's associated with it that they just it's a standard. It's a standard of quality that they yeah. have that just yeah. you know, regardless of how you feel about a given thing, you're gonna get a pretty good representation of the information. So I I, I agree. It's a lot of TV, guys, but I, TV. I but I feel like I got a couple of solid so wrecks TV. coming out of that. Does anybody have any just a name of a show they want to throw out there that we didn't get to talk about? You're or, the worst. Okay. Oh, I've never, I've never seen that. It's great comedy. Men seeking women, men seeking women. National Treasure, British miniseries. Yeah, one's so fucking good. Um, Horace and Pete, Louis C.K.'s random. Yeah. 
Beyonce like dropping of a yeah of like that, he, that was like a, a you paid for it by the episode like he would yes. drop one and it would be like yeah, two ninety nine or whatever it's it's play style these like crazy five ten minute monologues mm-hmm. no commercial breaks it was one of the most intense shows I've ever seen in my life Horace and Pete um, Mr Robot. And Mr. Robot was going to make my top five, but it did something. Mr. Robot is one of the only shows I've ever seen that have a second season and everything you know, turn it up, turn it upside down and recreate it. And then the world that you knew is not that at all. I don't know anybody that predicted anything that happened in this second season of Mr. Robot. I've heard that from a lot of people. I've never seen it, but I hear the The, same thing. Like, you would have to be a fucking... You would have to know the writer to know how this this season goes. There's no predictability to it. It's it's just random things that they wrote that they had planned that they just stuck in a show. So that's those are my picks. I'd also want to throw out. Um, I mentioned it before. Channel Zero, Candle mm-hmm. Cove on Sci-Fi. I need to finish that. Um, also, it's canceled, but I'd recommend still watching uh, CBS's Brain Dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Super silly. Alien bugs in the heads of politicians. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw the I saw the really? ads for that. It's all in it's silly fun. It's Mary it's Elizabeth Winstead, yeah, right? Absolutely. Tony Shalhoub. I like her. Yeah, yeah great. Um, and then the last thing is, um, TBS has like restructured, like trying to get these comedies going. Oh yeah, yeah. And there was three comedies um, this year that I thought were all solid shows that are all picked up for new seasons. People of Earth, which is airing now. Um, the, good. the Detour, which aired in the spring. I've never seen that one. And uh, Full Frontal with Samantha B. Okay, yeah. Those okay. three. Full Frontal um, is... And two of those three are produced and created by Samantha B and her husband. Oh. Who's the star of The Detour, Jason something? Jason Jones. Jones, He yeah. was also a, a Daily Show correspondent. Exactly, yeah. But like Samantha B and John Oliver are keeping me alive through all this nonsense that we're yeah. dealing with right yep. now. Yep. Samantha B is probably like... I Trevor look- Noah's showing uh, he's got a little he's bit more signs he's, of he's, he's, he's Shine, getting there man. but I feel like I think that it's weird that the two it's so clear yeah. that one of them might have been a much more dynamic replacement <laughs> I agree yeah, and apparently yeah. there was some behind the scenes like fuck ups that resulted in John Oliver getting away whoa wow like I've read mm. that there was like there was it. anyway yeah so it does but it does kind of sound like by the time John Stewart left all the people who you might have wanted them to hand it to had gone on gone to on, do yeah. other things so um, at any you, rate, anything else you want? Uh, you know, I, I laugh really hard at Last Man on Earth and Bob's so Burgers oh, every week. I feel like that is a show that evolves, and definitely like with this season, uh, sort of half a season finale, yeah. whatever it's fall season finale. Left a couple of. There's always a question on that show of because they've gone grim and they've gone bleak, and there's always a question of are they about to go really grim and really bleak, or <laughs> is this not going to go that way? Yeah. And I think they do a good job of maintaining that. That mystery about whether any of these characters, except for maybe the titular character, if they're going to be around forever. forever. Yeah. But it, it does. It has created also like a sitcom cast that you do kind of want to see that same group continue to bounce off yep. each other. Yeah. It's a, yeah, continually surprising. And I just we've discussed Will Forte. So he just seems man. like such a great guy. I love that guy. I love his silliness. I love his comedy. I love. I've heard so many people say, oh, I can't watch that show. That main character is so annoying. And I'm like, if if you can't watch the show for that reason, then it's really not for you. Because I do agree, he's definitely deliberately annoying. He's so annoying. But it's 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 also not annoying because once you accept the premise of the show, he's just kind of the show. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're living with that guy. Boom. Yeah. Still got Boom. it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And oh, I also I like, talk about openings. I like the way they always give you the, the there's like a cold open, yeah. and then there'll be like a really kind of nicely composed shot yeah. where Last Man on Earth is kind of in the in the corner, and there's this, like a yeah. distant shotgun blast or mm-hmm. something sound. It's just a really cool, cool structured show. Yeah. And I love the way that, um, or well-structured show, and it, you know, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, is that yeah. their names? Or is I have, it's, Yeah. And the, they, I'm just interested in them. I think that what they've yeah. got going on they, at this point, their name being attached to something, to me, makes me think they have an idea, right. and 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 that makes me excited about their young Han Solo film in a way that I might not normally be excited about that property. But like, okay, I love to see what they they don't seem like they would do a Star Wars film without having like an angle on a Star Wars film, and I think that's kind of fascinating. Mm. So those are mine. Well, that was it, guys. TV Schmeevy. Carmichael show. Number seven. Forgot to say that. Car- I thought Sanders. you were going to mention that. I remember you talking about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I just in Luke Cage. Yeah. <laughs> all these shows just kind of came so quickly, yeah. and I was overwhelmed. And yeah, so in other words, we're not even scratching the surface of probably everything you could be watching. But hopefully, right. we gave some people some. Hopefully, either we confirmed their mm-hmm. feelings and they said yes, I agree, or they thought maybe I'll check that out now. Steve's pick fucking blew my mind. I got to be honest with you. The OG one? pick. Yeah. yeah. I, Why? I liked it. Mostly because like I I've, I'd forgotten about it. Um, I was definitely late to it. Yeah, yeah like when it came out in June. Yeah, or something. I definitely like literally a week and a half ago plowed through all five episodes. We'll talk about the ethics of you putting it on your movie list too. But I'm sure you can make a case. <laughs> I'll make an easy case because <laughs> <laughs> it'll get nominated for both and probably win both. Well, okay, if that, if that's true, then, oh, then I think so. All right. Well, it qualifies for. It qualifies for uh, Oscars, which it will get nominated for, mm. for having a theatrical run, oh, where okay. they showed it as a full eight-hour movie. It had a theatrical oh, yeah. run? Yeah, and it also Holy played the film festivals in full eight-hour runs. So you've tipped See, us off now to two, I think, of your of your top films of the year. You've given you us like so? two. There's another one that I think you've said you're going to talk about more at yeah, a later date. Yeah, okay. you did. Okay, I, yeah. did, I did. You're right. You yeah. did. So you've got 20% of me covered. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of, that's what's up next. Although next, I think last year we did worst of, and then we did best of. So do you think right. we should, I think it is more exciting to do best of, and then not not then spend a week talking about the worst. <laughs> the films worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, it seems right. So we did the best TV, worst movie, yeah. best movie. Like, yeah. So I, I think it's fun. So this is a January episode. I guess we're gonna clean up. Like by the by the time January is over, we will be done looking back. I yeah. think maybe we could do like maybe you know what I mean. Maybe yeah. do a back to back for those two for the best sure. and the worst. So that's what's up next. This is a this is a month of looking back on the last year. Yeah. So hopefully you guys are enjoying this. And can it, I say something, uh, Ronald? I think I'm you've not said a many religious things. person, man. But God bless Podbean. Yeah. Oh, seriously. I I I, I <laughs> we talk about this every you know amongst ourselves, but. Mm. What a great host. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Pop B. It's been seamless. <laughs> Unless something happens between Everything when is... we record this and when we put this yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything has been so smooth. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, God been... bless Pod. God bless Pod. <laughs> God bless Pod. Uh, but yeah, speaking of that, you can find us on Podbean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moviesmovie.com. It'll take you right to that site. Yep. And obviously, we're on iTunes and Google Tune Play in. And We're on a lot all of these stuff. things. And Ronald's. Working to get us on more as we speak. Yeah. Literally, right now, he's trying. Trying so hard. <laughs> uh, so you can find us there. But on iTunes, I guess the key is if you can leave us a rating or a star or a review, anything like that. Uh, it only helps us. Yeah. You know, try to like people search for movie podcasts. It will help put us higher. You may over have noticed time. there's a few movie podcasts out there, Steve. There's a couple. <laughs> apparently, but I'm when, optimistic. <laughs> apparently, when a few years ago, when when you know. Um, 
it became known that oh a couple of dudes could get a microphone and sit in a basement or a den or something and record right. a podcast a lot of people thought movies right was a good subject yeah, yeah. but we've got something they don't have we, we've, we've got us yeah man this is us <laughs> <laughs> that should have been what this is what this is us was about was yeah. us yeah, yeah. yeah i was disappointed honestly when i heard about that show i was like this sounds great i can't wait to see a show and then i read about it and it's like that don't sound like us <laughs> so different Talk about us god damn it uh, so yeah, if you can find us on iTunes, please leave us a review or a rating or star anything. Please um, do. And uh, we'll see you next one. Uh, as always, <laughs> you made our day. Bye. I felt like we were gonna have a new. <laughs> we'll see you next one. <laughs> see you in the next one. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>